There we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second episode of the Coffee and Takes podcast. Today, I'm joined here by a great friend of mine, Mr. Matt Green. Matt, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, we've known each other now for how long? Seven, eight years? Yeah, seven, eight years, man. Seven, seven eight, years, eight years. It's been a long time. And, you know, we've, we've become great friends over the years. Uh, he's moved up north, left me down here in, in England. Um, but every time we catch up, it's always great. And, you know, I wanted to bring Matt onto the podcast because we always have fantastic conversations on FaceTime and we always drop some gems to each other. I learn a lot from him and I'm sure he would say mm -hmm. that he learns a lot from me as well. And Matt is one of those people that I, you know, have very close by my side as a great friend because we help each other improve. You know, every time we get off a phone call, I'm always like, damn, I'm inspired to take action. I'm inspired to do more. Um, and I believe he would also say the same as well from having conversations with me. And, and ultimately, we like to goof around and have a laugh as well. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully you'll enjoy today's podcast, you know, just watching two friends uh, spit some facts, share some nuggets, have a, a good laugh. You know, we like to call ourselves the uh, the big head brigade uh, as two men see? with as two men with enormous heads, enormous skulls, Neanderthals, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's many yeah. of us around. Well, these are thick skulls. You know, I mean, you have to search far and wide to find anything that oh, competes. You know, in all honesty, it's very rare that I come by a fellow man with a big head. I think that's why there was sort of we. we we were magnetized to each other to begin with. I saw you, and I was. Like, I think there was respect there was right there about this guy, and I didn't quite figure it out until a while had passed. And I was like, "That's what it is." It's head. just you know, big heads just respect each other. They do. You know they what I'm do. saying? Because you're carrying a lot of weight on your shoulders, <laughs> and I think the burden of carrying such a weight yeah. just makes you have nothing but respect for this individual. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we've we've coined a phrase uh, together. We've said, uh, "Never trust the man with a small head." Yeah. Now, there's just something about men with small heads that you just cannot trust. Yeah. And and I'm sorry if you're one of those people. Uh, I just don't trust you. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing around with you guys. Even the small-headed brothers deserve some respect. Um, but yeah, today we want to get into a few different topics on the podcast. We want to talk about fitness, health. You know, Matt is somebody who is absolutely incredible when it comes to running. Um, I've seen him you know, pick up running as a, as a sort of a hobby, uh, if, if I could put it this way and seeing how it's become almost a lifestyle for you, you know? Uh, so I'd like it if you could share with the audience, you know, what got you into running and, you know, before you actually get into that, you know, Matt's somebody who, you know, is a muscular individual. I would say he's a specimen of human performance, <laughs> if I may say. Um, you know, that. there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to running. A lot of people say, you'll lose muscle mass. You know, I want Matt to get into detail about how he got into running and some of the misconceptions that maybe he had to begin with about running and how uh, or, and what he discovered once he began running uh, consistently. So, yeah, mm -hmm. share your, your journey with running. Absolutely. And before I do that, I just want to say I appreciate you for having me on and, um, and of course, I'll jump at the opportunity to get on here. And this being only the second Coffee and Takes show, the first, the second of the first of many mm -hmm. that it goes on to be. <clears throat> and um, and obviously, I've seen your growth going from absolutely nothing when it comes to social media and, and what it's turned into now. And even though we might say um, it's a lot, it's only going to grow a lot more from here. Uh, so to be on this right now and to... Uh, and to witness your, you know, evolution 
in the game it's it's something to behold really and as you were saying and i'm grateful for the things that you said about me but i'm also very inspired by you and um and i can't keep your name out of my mouth most of the time when i'm talking to other people and obviously you've got a lot of people who follow you and um and see you as a leader and somebody who um they could go to for guidance and lean on a little bit and uh and it's great to have obviously like we spend a lot of time on facetime and whatever here and there uh where we are helping each other out so no doubt and no that there is no surprise to why a lot of people want to follow you and how it's now worthwhile having a podcast so that people can tune in and get involved in real conversations um that are led by you as well so that's thank you i appreciate it and I'm, i'm glad to be here for that um support as best i can you know with that being said so when it comes were you asking about my journey yeah what got you into running and some of the misconceptions uh, surrounding running as well yeah so really the the simple uh, the simple answer to begin with is david goggins right obviously he's massively popular nowadays you don't really find many people who don't know about him um and i'm sure there are so many other people who are inspired by goggins to get out there and run uh, so for me, I was kind of like getting a little bit hooked on everything that he was saying. And obviously a lot of the stuff that he was saying wasn't necessarily to do with running. It was just that he was running whilst he was saying it. Mm. And I was like, <clears throat> maybe there's some type of, maybe there's a reason for the running. And he kind of made it look, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying look cool, but the savage image that you, that he was portraying and that you got from him, I kind of absorbed that. And was like, maybe I should give that a go. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm seeing a tough guy right here. And um, and and I'm definitely kind of scared of running at this point. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I should start doing things that scare me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and running's a very simple thing. And it's something that not a lot of people kind of really, it's becoming more popular now because of guys like Goggins and the, and the social media world promoting it a lot mm-hmm. more. But um it's something that still a lot of people find really hard to do, just put on them shoes and go out and do a few miles, yeah. right? So because it's that hard, I love challenges and I've always loved challenges. So seeing that, I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put on whatever shoes I've got. And if I remember rightly, they really were not good running shoes to say the least. Uh, but sometimes that's how you start, is you start off with it being rugged and raw mm-hmm. and you just get, you just jump into the mud and get active. So yeah. that's what I'd done. Now, the way that that started, without going too far into depth, um, when it comes to, you know, the step by step, I could really go A through to Z, but Z, sorry. But instead, I'll just go like A and Z. Mm-hmm. So I initially started off with just doing like a two kilometer run. So just over a mile. And I remember I got, well, halfway through it and to the end of it and was like whoa that is hard yeah now there are a lot of people out there who can do who can just jump right into running and and get rolling quickly i wasn't necessarily one of those people i would say that i do i would say that genetically you know i'm not i'm quite athletic Mm -hmm. but i'm not built to run long distances Mm -hmm. so as soon as i get as soon as I get the wheels turning and we're going over a kilometer, going over a mile, I started to find it really hard. Yeah. So from that point, because I discovered how hard it was, I decided I needed to do this. Yeah. Mm. 
And um, it wasn't until maybe two years later, or two years of inconsistency, a year and a half maybe, until I really got stuck into it and done it almost every day. So about five or six times a week I ended up morphing into. And, um, and I'd done that because I needed an escape. Yeah, I needed, mm. I needed the therapy that came with it. And, um, and, and again, the long story short is it turned, it, it, it changed from being something that I found hard mm -hmm. to being something that I learned a lot about myself by doing. You know what I mean? Mm. That, and, and then that is what I got addicted to. I was going to ask, actually, what made you, you know, uh, addicted to, to running on a consistent basis? Because obviously in the beginning, it's awful. Mm. You know, you're out of breath. You know, you can hardly walk. You know, you get a stitch. I remember, actually, I was out with Matt once. Mm -hmm. I think we were doing a 5K, weren't we? Uh, I, I actually think that was less than two miles. I think about two miles. Which really? Is, About three kilometers, I would say. Damn, that's, that's embarrassing for me because I remember I was out um, and, and Matt was like, Ali, come on, man, pick it up. And I was out of breath after I don't know how many. I mean, this guy, I would say, runs relatively fast. Um, but that's how I saw it, at least. Um, I was like, damn, this guy's running too quick. You know, we're supposed to do like a, a nice jog around the park. But... You know, I was out of breath very quickly and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I mean, there's a very popular meme of like uh, three hours of bodybuilding and it's like, yeah, you're, you're still smiling and everything. And then like 15 minutes of cardio and it's like uh, Christian Bale, you know, that meme where he's like, you know, just <laughs> yeah. basically in pain. And it's like, it's very true. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of young men train these days solely for aesthetics. How important is it to train for your cardiovascular health? Because one thing that I, I felt after a good run, I felt so alive. Oh, yeah. And I don't get that feeling from bodybuilding. Mm. You know, yeah, I might yeah. get a nice pump or whatever, but I feel pretty much the same after. Mm. Whereas after a good run, my the blood is, I could feel it pumping through my neck, through the arteries in my neck, going to my brain. I feel incredible. So, you know, is that what sort of hooked you onto it? And also, how important is it for people to incorporate some form of cardiovascular activity, whether it's running or other forms of cardiovascular activities into their workout routine. Yeah. So in terms of how alive it makes you feel, I mean, that, that is a, that's a huge thing that a lot of people recognize. Um, obviously it gets the blood pumping a lot more than, you know, weightlifting and, and whatever else. That, that is just the fact. Um, at least for a prolonged amount of time. And I, it, there's a strange effect when it comes to cardiovascular exercise where you would typically think that because you are exhausting yourself and you have pushed your, you've pushed the limits, you feel like you've gone to a level where you can't really go anymore or whatever, that might be the case for the run. But afterwards, you find that you've got life for the rest of the day. Mm. And I don't know whether that, I, I haven't looked too much into the science to see whether it's hormonal or chemical or anything like that. But obviously instinctively and, and where we came from as a species, mm. we, we're not designed to really throw weights around. Yeah. We're designed to run. Mm -hmm. We're designed for. We're designed to outrun things. Our cardiovascular system is extremely efficient and whatever. So we might be tapping into when the feeling that you get from it might be you tapping into how 
in, into our ancestry mm-hmm. yeah in terms of where we came from yeah the lifting weights and stuff the reason why i don't i don't hold that in such high regard is because you're typically doing it in a very comfortable environment yeah mm. and and it's it's discomfort that we thrive in big time so when you're in a comfortable environment and it's warm and you can decide when you finish and your car's waiting outside mm-hmm. and you can get a, well, obviously you can get a shower when you finish running as well. But I mean, like you've literally got a walk, let's say you're in the gym, you've literally got to walk two minutes and you're there in the sauna or the shower, whatever you, yeah. whatever type of facilities you've got. And, and you're good. You know, when you're, when you're done, that's it. It's, it's wrapped up nice and quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can spend time in there talking to people in the gym, let's say. Um, and it makes the whole process of everything easier. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a, I'm quite against making everything easy. I mm-hmm. like the hard way. There's that saying, of course, if you if you do what's hard, your life will be easy. If you do what's easy, your life will be hard. Mm-hmm. So if you stick to all of the easy things, you're not really conditioning your mind and you're not conditioning the things that are going to help you get through tough things in your life. Now I know people who don't really have, have that drive who, who aren't necessarily, they don't have that killer will, that desire to like use something to smash through obstacles and break through plateaus in their life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and each to their own. But I would just say if you're struggling if you're struggling to reason with why you're going to the gym and it's not invigorating enough, then it's probably just because it's too easy. Yeah. yeah? And I would, I would encourage people to really just do what's hard. Now, some people might argue with me and say, Oh, but this type of weightlifting is hard. And, um, and of course you get CrossFitters who definitely push themselves to the limit as well. I've got a lot of respect for that type Mm. of thing. But at the end of the day, you're still in a nice, cozy, warm environment Mm where you're reducing challenge and you're reducing adversity and and growth. The thing that I love about running or obviously we could attach onto that cycling and swimming, the outdoor Mm. endurance activities is when you're halfway, you've got to do the other half. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that about it because there's no, I mean, most of the time, most of the time you will prevent yourself from quitting anyway. You'll because, find reasons to stop. Yeah. yeah. But when and, you're and, 50 miles away, or I don't know, that's a bit extreme, but when yeah. you're 10 miles away from the starting point yeah. and you've got 10 miles to come back, you yeah. have to do it. You have to do it now. Yeah. And, and that's where you find out a lot more about yourself. You find, you discover who you are when, when, when the rubber meets the road, as they mm. say, yeah, when it, when you've really got a grind, that's when you find out who you are. Yeah. So my obsession and my uh, the way that I latch onto running mm-hmm. came from me going through phases of like now I'm not a quitter that's for sure yeah but mm-hmm. there were certainly times where I was like I want to quit so bad and I realized the circumstance that I'm in whilst I'm out on this run mm-hmm. because it might be minus three degrees outside and I'm running. I'm running like 16 miles, let's say, and I'm halfway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's nothing I want to do more than quit right now. Yeah. But what can I do about it? Call it, ta- be a little bitch and call a taxi or wait for a bus or something. I just can't bring myself to do that. Yeah. So when you're, f- when your your hand is forced to complete the mission, mm. that's when you start to go, oh, I might be tougher than I thought. Mm. Yeah. And then you start chunking away, eating away at miles, right? Let's say that you've got eight miles left and you and you're like, 
complaining for the next two or three, yeah? And then you find that you've, you've got six or five miles left. You're like, well, now that I've only got six or five left and I've just done two or three <laughs> yeah. complaining about it. <laughs> whilst complaining. Yeah, yeah, whilst complaining. Why don't I just slap myself and say, stop being a little bitch and get it done. Get it done. And that's, that's really... Um, that's really what I think is important about it. Now, obviously your question was more to do with the cardiovascular side mm. of things. And that is the mentality side of things, which I personally think matters either equally or a little bit more because once you've got a strengthened mind, you can then, it, it, it makes you more adaptable. Mm. Yeah. But as for the cardiovascular stuff, the, how useful it is for everything. Let's say it is lifting weights. When you have a strong cardiovascular system, you become a lot more efficient and effective at using mm -hmm. this liquid that's in your body that we know as blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what is our blood? Our blood isn't just simply this thing that bleeds and and heals a cut mm -hmm. when we go out on our arm or anything. No, this is the this is the super juice right here. Yeah. This is full of all of the nutrients and and obviously the oxygen that we're gonna need to fuel our muscles and and um and complete any activity that it is that we're doing. Yeah. So the stronger your cardiovascular system is, the stronger your heart is, the more you'll find that you can get things done a lot easier than you could before once you've trained it. So would you, you know? say it makes your body more efficient at the day-to-day -day tasks? Oh, yeah. As it is. And also yeah. when it comes to potentially recovery from a bodybuilding session yeah. it's you recover a lot quicker and That's you're you're less tired because a lot of guys probably go to the gym have a hardcore bodybuilding session and i say hardcore in quotes because i used to think my training was hardcore mm. and i think we had a conversation once on the phone about how on a typical uh bodybuilding session you probably burn about 70 80 calories yeah. Yeah. and i was shocked when, when i had this conversation with matt i was mm. like damn 70 80 calories mm. that's insane yeah you know i would have expected it to be in the hundreds yeah um, you because you feel like you're exerting yourself there's nothing there's no dispute in the fact that you are exerting yourself mm -hmm. but you're not exerting your heart you're not exerting your lungs or anything like that you yeah. may temporarily be out of breath after doing like eight or ten reps or something but you soon recover you give yourself a minute as soon as you finish that you're you're, you've recovered yeah mm. whereas with running you've got to stick with this um, pace this rhythm yeah. yeah this pace this rhythm and this intensity that that is gonna require you to breathe and have your heart pumping at a certain rate for over an hour mm. two hours whatever depends how far you go some people some people keep it light and go for the 5k's and the 10k's which you're talking like 30 how many do you minutes. run every day how many miles do I run every yeah. day? I'm at about nine miles a day, I, I think, on average. Now, obviously, I don't run every day, but the this year, in my Strava and in my on my watch, um, I've done like two thousand three hundred miles. So when you when you break that down into how many days we've had in the year, you're talking about nine miles a day. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And when you first started off, you know, in the first sort of mm -hmm. six months, how many miles were you probably running on on an average week, on yeah. an average day? I reckon about 15 miles a week, yeah. 20 miles a week. And like, so how did you build that up? How did you go from <laughs> 15 a week to now doing, you know, on average about nine a day? Yeah. So it, what it works out to be is about 50 to 60, 55, 60 miles a week is what I'm on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that development, it's important to add context to this. The times where I was doing 15 to 20 miles a week, mm -hmm. I wasn't as much as I, I loved 
the feeling that I got from running, as I said, it wasn't until about a year and a half, two years mm -hmm. later that I really committed to it just because of a, just because of what had happened and, it, and a shift in mindset that came from that and deciding that that's what I needed to do to find out who I am. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So when I, when I found it hard, so before going, before, you know, sort of taking that mental diversion, let's say, in deciding that's what I need to figure out who I am and the kind mm -hmm. of therapy behind it, before I found it hard and I liked the challenge, but it, it seemed not to be enough to really, you know, like start racking up the miles the way that I do right now. Yeah. So, so I was inconsistent for a while, the 15, 20 miles a week and whatever. I'd do it for, let's say, a month, six weeks or something, then come off of it for about two, four weeks, maybe six weeks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> so maybe if I'd have got, like found the consistency that early on, yeah. I'd be at these numbers quite a bit earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, going more to like, like more to the point of how to up the mileage, it's a case of adding a percentage of volume every week. So if you're say doing 20 miles a week and you're like, right, I want to take this up. I want to get to 50 miles a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you do about 10% extra per week. Yeah? yeah, and then on the fourth week you do a deload, so you do less. Why? Right? Because it because of I would say for this is what people say. So I have I don't really I actually don't really abide by it just because I like sticking to a regular mileage. But if I'm going by what the pros out there say in terms of adding mileage. Um, you want to give your body a chance to, it, obviously a deload is where you're allowing your body to recover and prepare for the next leap, let's mm. say. Yeah, so that's that's the idea behind that. Um, so if you're talking, starting off at 20 miles, the next week you do 22, the next week yeah. you've got to like 24 or whatever and so on, you can figure out the mass from there. Um, and then that's how a lot of people aim to progress mm -hmm. the weekly mileage. Um, but with me, that wasn't how it worked. I'm once I get fixated on something, I'm like, how far can I go? Mm. Yeah, and then I started cranking out instead of instead of going from a typical uh, like trajectory of progression of let's say doing a five k to doing a ten k and then doing you know fifteen k or whatever, I would just jump from doing let's say five k to doing a half marathon and seeing how that feels. Yeah. Mm. And, and don't get me wrong. It ruined me. It was, it's not something that I would say I was able to handle really easily, but you were you willing get, to find out. Yeah. I wanted to find out yeah. and you get the bug for it as well. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and as you know, I'm, I've got an obsessive personality and mm -hmm. I don't just like to tiptoe around things. I don't like to dip my toe. Mm -hmm. I like to go all in balls That's deep. That's it. Yeah. So, I it, I went in with a with the attitude of ignorance is bliss, let's say, mm -hmm. and I found out for myself, as you say, fuck around and find out, yeah. Yeah? and I certainly did, <laughs> yeah. and and it didn't, and it certainly wasn't easy. It's not like it, it's not like the whole um, story behind it. I just found a groove and sat in rhythm for ages or anything. Like no, it, it, what I love about running is almost every one of them is different. Yeah, you might be doing really well for three weeks straight and then the next run you're that you're expecting to do great on you're like well i've progressed to this degree 
I should be able to handle this really easily. Mm. So you get out on that run you're, and your legs are just super heavy. Your mm. body doesn't feel as efficient. Maybe it's because you haven't slept enough. Maybe it's because you haven't eaten the right things or it's a different time of day or whatever. Mm. But you learn a lot from that type of stuff. In fine, uh, and what I'm saying is, is like through my path of progression um, and my experience with it is you are just going to, you are going to find out what hurts and you're mm. going to find out what you're good at. And, and then it's those things that kind of keep you reeled in. And yeah, no, 100%. Like I think one thing about runners, which I've observed is that a lot of them are in tune with their bodies. Mm. You know, people that just go to the gym to do a few uh, bench press reps, they don't mm. really know what's going on with their body yeah, uh, yeah. because they're not taking their body to new limits yeah uh, they're not pushing the boundaries mm. you know I, I was guilty of this for the longest time i would be benching the same weight for six months yeah you know and my body doesn't feel any different and i leave the gym feeling the same way that i felt when i walked in yeah you know and i would say that 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 goes across all of the exercises that i was doing you know whether i was doing uh, leg press squats whatever i felt the same mm. whereas with running it was so painful mm. to begin with that my body was like, yeah, we're not going to do this again. Yeah. Um, and I think going back to what you were saying about sort of the mental aspect of it, you know, obviously David Goggins talks about callousing your mind. I think running does that probably better than any I other form so. of uh, exercise because your whole body is moving yeah. forwards. Yeah. You're engaging every muscle. Yeah. And when your body cannot continue anymore and you force it to, you you just reprogram yourself. It's almost mm. like your body's like, oh shit, this motherfucker's still going. That's what What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. You you kind of breach walls that these sort of imaginary walls, these figments of yeah. your imagination that that were once there. And um, you know, like I I I'm addicted to running and whatever. And I, what I would say is I got to give props to like let's say guys like what do they call those guys? The guys that crawl through like caves and and. Um, <laughs> The guys um, that cool through like caves, cavers or whatever. Tight holes, yeah. Guys that yeah. love going through tight holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, um, Guys like that and let's say climbers or whatever. I've got yeah, to give yeah. a shout out to them because that stuff like is probably, not even probably, let's be real, like it, you're way out of your comfort zone oh, doing that type of stuff. I've got to I give props never. to those yeah. guys. But in terms of, because, you know, there'll probably be some people who go, running's not that hard and... Um, you know, I don't find it very challenging or whatever, but let's be real. The majority of people who do an endurance activity are either going to be a runner, a swimmer, a cyclist, or a mix of both, mm -hmm. a mix of all three, mm -hmm. um, if you've got triathletes and whatever. So that's not the, the point is here addressing the, what the majority of people do. There are mm. savages out there who do different endurance activities and different sports that are very extreme. Yeah. But to your point about the runners, yeah, I would say that, there is something different about these endurance athletes like the runners and the swimmers mm. and the cyclists, but I only associate, uh, not associate, is it uh, like literally by excluding the rest, mm. but because I run, mm -hmm. I associate with a lot of runners and you just find that, that these guys are like, they think next level and it's easy to relate to them. If you're wired that way, if you're mm. wired in a way where you kind of think, um, like I want to harden myself, I want to deal with adversity and challenge, mm -hmm. a good place to go is a running club. Because mm. a lot of these, a lot of these cats, if you, they want to get after it and they want to feel pain, um, and what I like about it is grow. that you have to, you have to stay at the same pace 
as the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, you're, you're, you're again. I use that term. Your hand is forced. There mm. are points now. There are a lot of runners out there who say, "Run your own race," and certainly there is a lot of time to do that. Mm. But if you're with a group of people and you feel a little bit outmatched, mm. it's the best place for you to be. Where you're, where you're like, oh, I, you know. I'm, I'm meeting my challenger right now, my mm. opponent, somebody who I feel like is going to um, push me to the next level if I stick around them long enough. So it's easy to identify who's going to help you out in your journey as well when it comes to running. 100%. I think it does something to you as well. You know, when you see them far away in the distance mm. and you're right at the back, it does something <laughs> yeah. to you, man. It makes you feel like, oh. damn, I'm slacking. Oh, yeah. Even though they, they might be so good at running yeah. that they are exceptional athletes. Yeah. And so even you being half of, what they are yeah. you're, you're a great athlete right. and so it right. forces you to improve you know, like you said you know uh, you know you have to find a way to get better because they are so good you know it, it rubs off on you well I mean the the best the, the best kind of analogy that we've seen of that at least documented a lot is Usain Bolt when he won it might have been 2008 or 2012 but maybe it was a world championship or whatever but where he I think it's where he set the the world record where it is now nine mm. five eight or something, yeah. Insane. And second place also beat the uh, the the world record that he had before. Really, yeah, that wow. Bolt had before. Yeah. So it, <clears throat> what's shown in that is if you are chasing somebody, you are forced to adapt and evolve way quicker. Mm. You know, and that, that I think is a really good uh, thing to visualize, a good representation of what it means to be around people who are better than you. Well, I think I think the best example of that, and it's good that it's a running example as well, is Roger Bannister. Exactly, yeah. Mr. Bannister. RG. I'll I mean, be, I'll be. I'll be. What, what did he run? He run the uh, the, the four sub, minute, the four minute mile, sub four minute mile. Yeah. And at the time, people were, like, oh shit! Yeah. How how is a human being able to do such a thing? And then and Bannister was people, like, I'm doing it. A bunch of people crashed through that wall with him as well after after he'd done it. You know, I, I think mean? thousands after. I, I don't. I don't know about thousands. I don't actually think it's that many. I still think it's a fairly limited amount of people, but. The point is, a lot of people said it can't be done, mm. and this motherfucker just booted the wall, the door down, and said, "It's all right, guys, you can come in." Until <laughs> Mr. Um, Bannister shows up, yeah, <laughs> Bannister, you know, stairs have a Bannister. This guy kicked the Bannister. <laughs> Doctor Bannister yeah. arrives. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, you're right. That's a that's a good mm. example of it as well. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Human beings are such remarkable creatures, and we don't truly understand how gifted we are to have the body right. that we have and it's a yeah. damn shame to not at least try to see what you could be capable of yeah, yeah. um you know obviously what you mentioned about throwing yourself in the deep end balls deep you know i mean that's that's the best way to force yourself to grow is by throwing yourself in uncomfortable situations and i talk about this on the channel all the time when it comes to people that want to improve their socializing skills public speaking skills yeah i mean you've seen me uh work on my public speaking over the years you know yeah. the first time uh, i was public speaking i was nervous and you know i couldn't look at the audience in the eyes i was just I was I was terrible, but you have to allow yourself to get good. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they're like, "Ooh, now they get their toe in the water. It's too cold. I can't. I'm out." And yeah. this is and, and it's probably the same for running as well. You know, you 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 go running for the first time. You are in absolute pain and agony after, and then you have a choice to make at that point. Right. You can either tell yourself, "You know what? I'm in pain," but that's a sign that 
I need to improve. Yeah. You know, and my body, the fact that my body is struggling with such a, a distance mm. means that it's not used to it. And so you just gotta throw yourself into the deep end again and again and again. And, and what I like to say is it's not difficult, it's new. Yeah. Your body's like, whoa, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. You yeah. know, like, we've never done this before. Yes. Well, I've got a good angle for you here, mm. right? This is what I say to a lot of people who, like, through my time of running, it's been about two years right now, yeah, mm -hmm. of, of my dedicated, this this version of me running the way that I have been, yeah? Two years right now. So in that amount of time, people have noticed me for running, and um, I am not just for the audience's sake i'm not like a i'm not a professional runner i'm not going to claim to be or anything like that but my identity has become the runner and um there's a lot of people who come to me for advice and and ask he how doesn't do give himself enough credit by the way guys he's a mad runner but carry on yeah i appreciate that you know there, there's levels to it there's yeah. levels to it and i'll, I'll take I, i'm proud of myself and I make it a mission to mm. kind of be my own hero in a sense. And, and you do what you can, whether you're built for it or not, you do what you can. That's the thing that matters most. But point is, um, when it comes to people who have reached out to me and asked for help and everything, a lot of people say, oh, but I can't do it. And um, I went out for a run and it really hurt. It hurt my hip. It hurt my knee. It hurt my ankle, my feet, are the shoes right and everything like that. All valid questions. Yeah. Mm. My response to... The majority of that is, remember, now let's say that somebody's 25 and they're mm -hmm. saying this to me, mate, for 25 years, you have mistreated your body. Mm. Yeah. Or at least let's say in your, in your time of being mature enough to make the decisions on what you yeah. eat and what time you go to sleep and how you train and, mm -hmm. and all, all other things under that umbrella. Mm -hmm. For the most part, the majority of people have mistreated their body. Mm -hmm. So why would you expect that when you go out for a first run, it's not going to suck and you're not going to find pains here, there and everywhere? Yeah, what makes you... It's a bit arrogant almost, it isn't is it? It is arrogant. Like, I, I've had so many people say to me, my knee, my knee, I'm not going <laughs> to run because of my knee. And I'm like, yeah. hey, it hurts my knee as well. Yeah. Now, you've asked me plenty of times um, whilst I've been running, mm -hmm. what do you find about... What do you think about your knees and everything? Yeah. Do they hurt? They don't, but... There are times when they do. On the odd occasion, you'd be like, oh, my knee's really sore, yeah? Mm. But for the most part, they don't. It's yeah. not an injury or anything. It's just something that through the imp through repetitive strain and impact, you're mm. obviously going to pick up pains here, here, and there, here, there, and everywhere. But when you're first starting out, you are completely unconditioned. You mm. are weak. Yeah. Yeah? Why would you, again, to your point, the arrogance, mm. why would you expect that you're going to be made to do this right now? Yeah. You've got a whole lot of undoing to do first. Yeah. Yeah. So you might be carrying some extra weight. Yeah. Whose fault is it that, that, that your knees hurt when you run, mm. when you've got an extra 17 kilograms on you? Mm, that you shouldn't have. Yeah. You shouldn't have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Start thinking about getting that off first. Yeah. You should, instead of saying your knees and ankles and whatever hurt, you should say... You know, oh, bloody hell, my belly's massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Let me do something about that before I start complaining about the other yeah. ailments that, that I'm feeling. Exactly. Yes, it hurts. Yeah. But when you develop yourself and when you condition, you will find it a lot easier. 100%. I think a, a good analogy to use is probably a car. Yes. If you don't drive it for yeah. six months yeah. and then you come to turn it on one day and there's so many warning lights on the dashboard and maybe the car turns on and it drives a little bit but you hear some knocking sounds that's a result of you not using the car yeah. you know and i always talk on the channel about how in life you're either 
getting better or getting worse. There's right. no staying the same. Exactly. Like this whole idea that, you know, you can just exactly. maintain your physique no. is, is stupid. No. Because if you stop working out, if you stop exerting stress on your body, your body will get comfortable. Yeah. You know, there's that famous quote, right? Uh, you know, you become fat by not working on yourself through a, a lack of um, right, exercise exactly. you know no, nobody plans on getting on getting fat it's what happens when you neglect yourself exactly it's you literally know? um it's literally a represent representation of maltreatment exactly you know I mean? like you yeah. it, of of not caring mm. that's what it is like if you you gotta call it what it is you don't care about yourself mm. that's why you're turning into this you are you are how you treat yourself you know, mm -hmm. like there's no secret to it. But unfortunately, unfortunately, and this is one of my gripes with humanity and society is a lot of people just don't care for whatever reason. Mm. I, I just don't understand that. It's yeah. beyond me. And I think it comes from a lack of self-respect. It is a lack well. of self-respect. You know, if you care about yourself, you do the hard things. Mm. You know, I care about myself enough to put myself in uncomfortable situations, to risk being rejected and laughed at. So that I can improve, you yeah, know, when I first yeah. started a YouTube channel and I had 10 views per video, you know, a part of me was like, well, you know, who's actually going to watch me? <laughs> you know, do I look stupid right now? There's probably people sharing my videos thinking, oh, look at this goofball. <laughs> but I was willing to risk getting laughed at and getting people, uh, you know, mocking me and stuff so that I can improve and get better. You know, and it's, it's the same thing whenever you do anything, you yeah. know, people are, oh, look at this guy. Who does he think he is, man? He's, he's out there yeah. doing this. Who does he think he is? Right. Well, and I'm mate, sure you probably have people say maybe something along those lines when it comes to your, your fitness and, and the way you train. Oh, who does he think he is? Why is he doing all yeah, this stuff? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Look, let, let's, um, let's use this, right? For whatever reason in society, people hate somebody who tries hard mm -hmm. yeah uh, which i find which i find strange now we know this we all know this saying god loves a trier mm -hmm. that's what you should care about a lot more forget about what other people feel about the way that you're doing things and obviously you're mm -hmm. a representation of that starting off at the 10 views and whatever mm -hmm. else yeah and on that point right how did how did you find a lot of people were receiving like you see the people who are viewing your stuff yeah mm -hmm. where do you even think they came from and how do you think that it turned into a lot more I mean, it's, I think the way it is, I believe that hard work is rewarded. Consistency mm. is rewarded. Is you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody comes out in the beginning and says, I want to do this. Right. I want to achieve that. And there were people that started YouTube channels around the same time as me. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why they no longer post is because they were focused so much on the initial results yeah. and they weren't compelled to do the work by a strong reason. You know, I had a coaching call earlier today where I spoke to this guy about having a strong why. Mm. You know, obviously Simon Sinek has a book called Start With Why. And, you know, when you are young and we've made this mistake, you know, in our early 20s, you know, we want to make so much money. We want the Lambo. We want the lifestyle. And we don't have a strong reason for why we're doing it. Yeah, true. You know, when I made that shift, when I made that shift from, you know, wanting immediate results and the money straight away to having a good time, having you know, cr creating videos that provide value. And what, what made me carry on was knowing that I'm doing this to help people. Mm, and, yeah. and once I started receiving that feedback and look, I appreciated my first subscriber. And when I had three comments on my videos, I'd like every comment, I'd reply to every comment. And, 
you know, over time, people were like, wow, this guy's actually still posting, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I still get comments right now from people that are like, Ali, one thing I respect about you is you're always posting. And, and look, do I have 3 million subscribers? No, but I'm very grateful for the audience that I've built. And, you know, I just want to say thank you guys. We're almost at 19,000, uh, which yeah, is insane boy. to say, because uh, I still have screenshots. I, I screenshot all the time yeah, and my yeah. progress uh, along the way. And I still, I still have the screenshots of 500, 600, 700 yeah. subscribers. Yeah. And it's amazing, you know? So what, what's crazy about that as well is it hasn't even been long at all. No. And, and there are, there are obviously, I pointed this out to you the other day, there are periods where it's like, damn, it went from that to that in a short space yeah. of time. And, uh, and, and it's crazy that how obvious, how clear it is that you are rewarded for mm -hmm. consistency. And I was literally having that thought today, funnily enough, because, you know, I'm, I'm not big on social media mm -hmm. really. Uh, but I do post quite a lot on my story and I definitely have this conflict in my mind where I'm like, just who, who cares? I mean, I get likes and stuff and, yeah. and certainly there are, well, actually before I say that, I'll say this. Um, like I, I then have this, the following thought is people just want to see consistency. Mm. Even it's kind of like watching a TV show yeah, yeah. in a sense where People just get addicted to watching, even if they're not interacting properly, like mm -hmm. in the way that you want them to. There are people who are just watching and admiring. Um, and every now and then they'll creep out of the woodwork and be like, hey, yep. mate, good job. Love what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, keep it going. You, ha you have inspired me or whatever. And that might be years down the line. Say, oh, yeah. yeah? Um, but, but, you know, it's those types of things that have kept me reeled into it as well, mm -hmm. where that conflict the winning side of that conflict is okay i don't i don't really want to be doing it i'm not a big fan of social media yeah mm. i don't really want to be doing it but there are people out there who love watching the stuff mm. and not depend on it but you're a source of inspiration and motivation for them yeah so you're kind of tied to that being the why yeah yeah and um yeah, I just think like that. That's you're a testament to basically going like taking that side of things seriously. Mm. You know, everybody can say I want to do something for my mum and and you know talk about a whole bunch of let's say the obvious wise, mm -hmm. but you have committed to doing this with with the end result being you're being detached from the end result. That's yeah? that's the key right there. You know, and that's the same with me. Like I, who would have thought that that I would get any type I'm not big on social media or anything. Like I say, I'm not winning events or anything like that right now. But what I will say is not for one second. Did it cross my mind mm -hmm. that people would recognize me for running or other types of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That to me is kind of crazy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like that. I, I just think it's mad that when you're, when you're consistent with something, it really comes back to you yeah. and, um, and you're appreciated for it and you become significant to people because of that. 100%. Consistency is rewarded. Yeah. You know, everybody in the beginning, uh, you know, talks a lot of smack. You know, I love the definition of commitment and we've spoken about this before. Commitment is staying true to what you mm. said you were going to do long after the mood in which you said it has left, yeah, right? Because yeah. in the beginning, everyone's like, oh, I want to be the biggest and the baddest. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, it gets to a point now. I mean, we have conversations with guys younger than us, right? I yeah. mean, we're both approaching 30. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're older than me by one year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we have conversations with guys in their early 20s, late teens. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, it, I, I kind of have a smile. It's not in a in a degrading way, mm. but you know, when when I have a conversation with them and you know, I see that they're so excited. What I want to see is that same level of excitement six months later, and not right. just excitement. You know, you've got to do something with the excitement. You know, you can't just be like, woo, you know. Jim Rohn used to say, uh, motivation ain't enough. If you have an idiot and you motivate him, you have you a motivated, motivated idiot. idiot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you need to do something with that, yeah. with that energy that you have. And it's always important to act whilst the intention is hot. Right. You know, when you have an idea, I spoke to a guy recently who was stalling on this business idea that he's had since COVID, um, you know, teaching languages. And he was like, oh, I'm in a good job. It's, it's safe. I really want to do this. And I think what he was wanting was more so permission to, to, to get going with it. Mm -hmm. And I just told him, listen, man, you know, now's the time. You know, the, the best time was, uh, you know, three years ago, but the second best time is right now. True. The time is going to go by anyways. You're going to get older. I True. mean, COVID, it feels like it happened almost 15 years ago. I mean, mm. it, you know, it, it's like a distant it's memory distant now, memory, yeah. you know, it, time just keeps ticking. And, and I love that saying, time will either promote you or expose you. Yeah. Either you will reap the rewards of your labor or yeah. you will be exposed for your lack of effort, yeah. for your fraudulent nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you talk a bunch of smack and, yeah. and, and the reason why you hesitate so much when you don't take action for a sustained period of time is because that's your body telling you, I don't trust you. You know, you say that something and the reason why you can't bring yourself to do it is because you've had the intention before and you didn't act upon it. And when, <sighs> when you don't act upon it, it's almost like you chip away at your self-esteem every time. That's what it is. It keeps well, dropping. <clears throat> you kind of, we've spoken about this before a lot, being a man of your word and being a man of honor, right? So mm -hmm. um, almost as, as often as you can, when you say something, this is why you got, your words are very careful and what you say, what comes out of your mouth, you have to be very careful with mm -hmm. because the more you say something, even if you're the only person who hears it, yeah. if you're not adhering to what it is that you say that you're going to do, you, it's you who's got to trust yourself. Yeah. Forget anybody else to begin with. It's you who's got to trust yourself. So when you're all bark, no bite and <clears throat> you're doing a whole lot of talking, mm -hmm. as you say, talking smack, um, and you're not acting on it and striking whilst the iron's hot, the only person that's going to keep losing is you because you're not just losing by not doing it. You're also losing credibility for yourself, mm. you know? And that's, that's what it is. That is what it is. And then you can't count on yourself to, to summon it up in another circumstance. Yeah. I think what it is is the desire or the need for certainty. You know, Robert Greene talks about it um, in one of his books, I don't know if it's, uh, I think it's The Laws of Human Nature or one of the books, I can't remember which one it was, but he talks about how the the desire for certainty is what cripples us. <laughs> you want a, a promised outcome before you begin. Yeah, yeah. And it's, once again, that's <clears throat> almost arrogant as well because yeah. what makes you believe that you should get the result just for trying? You know, you, you're supposed to fail. And I think people need to develop their relationship with failure yeah. because it's a good feeling when you've sucked at something for ages and then it finally ticks. Maybe you make a slight adjustment in the way that you train. Yeah. Maybe it's in the way that you create content, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is, eventually you get it and you're like, ah, you know, and it feels victorious. That, that's that, the sweetness that you derive from that is incredible. Well, I think, and, and you touched on this point about, I think you were talking to do with like the human ability, um, Maybe you're more so talking about it physically and, mm. and how clever it actually is. Um, but, you know, like when, you, when you're when you doing something 
and you want to get better at it, what you're doing is you're you're forcing yourself to stay in create mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm a big, this, this uh, topic of create mode is something that I'm, I'm always asking for help from above to keep me in create mode. I think like, like that's one of the most important places to be. Yeah. And the only way that you're going to get in create mode is by starting something. Yeah. Mm. You get into it and you're like, mm, I like this, but I'm, I'm dead at it. Yeah, mm. I'm not doing very well. Okay, but then you can start to identify from the inside now rather than the outside. Yeah, yeah you're not from that. You're not on the outside looking in. You're inside, and you're going, okay, I'm I'm really bad at this, and then you're forcing yourself to start getting creative. Yeah, and over time, and you'll have noticed this with everything that you've done mm-hmm. through. Uh, your growth on social media and the message that you're putting out there to people in the beginning, you would have done some, you'd have said some stuff that you're like, oh, I could have delivered that in a better way. In a different way, yeah. eventually go on to do. Mm-hmm. And, and then obviously- And people see that evolution. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and some people see it so linear, mm. yeah, where it kind of looks like so natural. And, and there is a natural element to it, but the natural element is really just to do with forcing not forcing yourself but like staying in create mode Mm. if you stay in create mode you allow yourself to to mess up which then leads to an improvement as well like that's really the way that it's going to go oh 100 and i think it makes you more likable as well when people see that you really sucked and relatable as well you know that you were really bad in the beginning and then you became a little bit better and a little bit better yeah and then when they see that you're really good, mm. then they're like, well, you know what? We, we saw that happen. Right. And look, and, and even if you're not a content creator with an audience, you can see your own evolution. Right. And you can look back at when you used to, I'm sure you have screenshots of some of your runs from a year ago, oh, yeah. a year and a half ago. Yeah. And you're like, damn, man, my time was shocking. Mm. But now look at me. Yeah, I can yeah. do it in, in five minutes quicker. New um, me, me killed the old me, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think <laughs> David Goggins put it as, uh, I was initially David and then I became Goggins. Goggins you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so that's so true. You see your evolution. And, and I look back at some of my, uh, you know, my, my pictures from five, six, seven years ago, you know, physique wise, and everything's changed, mm. you know, and, and I think we need to have this yeah. discussion as well, because there's a lot of young guys out there who are so concerned about where they are in life and they're 21. Mm. And it's like, you know, at 21, you know, we were, you know, we, we also had some of those concerns, to be fair. We were like, oh, man, what are we going to yeah. do? Because, you know, me and you have something in common in the sense where we didn't go to university. And we didn't really know. I don't know about you, but from from what I remember, you didn't have like a, a clear plan of what you wanted to do no. in terms of higher education. We no. were in a similar sort of boat that we were like, ah, what are we going to do? And we actually both left uh, college at a similar time as well. Yeah. Um, and we just decided, you know what, let's just see where this takes us. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think you've got to embrace the the uncertainty. I mean, on one side of the coin, yes, it's scary because, you know, the, the unknown is always scary. Uh, and I think that's that's what makes horror movies scary is the fact that you don't know when the jump scare will come and everything. Yeah. And it's the same thing when it comes to life. You don't know what's going to happen. But on the other side of the coin, it could turn out bigger and better than you expected. Yeah. And I think you need to just be like, okay, you know what? Here we go. Let's well, just see what if, happens. If I got the opportunity to go back to when I was that age, yeah, I would have been way up, like knowing what I know now, I'd have pushed myself to be way more bold. You know what I mean? Like th- that saying, don't wish for security, wish for adventure, mm. rings true. Like that, that's one of the loudest sounds in my head. Don't wish for security, wish for adventure. Um, because a lot of people out there looking for, like, what shall I do mm. to ensure that I know how much money is coming in every month, 
know that I'm going to be warm and that I'm going to have food. These are very reasonable things to ask again, yeah? Mm -hmm. But what you'll find by putting yourself out there, and this is what I wish I would have done, is that you will just figure it out. Mm -hmm. If you take the bolder option, if you go and, and ask for adventure and you do something that's a bit wild, that's a bit like, you know, people are questioning why you're doing it, especially family members and stuff like that. We'll get into that as well. Yeah, yep. which is one of the, yeah, like the, the main things that holds people back. If you go on the adventure instead and say, this is my story, um, you're definitely going to have some ideas in your head that you think, are attributed to that adventurous side of mm -hmm. things. And that's what I'd recommend people to do because once you start going down that way, you will just figure it out. The, the humans have, and I was going to say this, humans have this super strange, like uncanny, godlike ability to just be able to, to, to pull things out the bag mm -hmm. when, when you need to most i just don't it's so strange i can't put my finger on it but mm. i'm like how did that happen yeah because i certainly wasn't equipped for it mm -hmm. i didn't prepare for it mm -hmm. but somehow that good thing started to happen a lot of people might attribute it to luck or whatever else but that's really not how it is it's that it's just that you will figure it out you yeah you you are smarter than you give yourself credit for 100 percent. you know 100 percent. and you know what's sad is seeing young fellas in their 20s being so fearful of making a mistake yeah. you know their relationship with failure maybe it stems from childhood you know their mum and dad have said hey don't you dare do that you know and so they've grown oh, up yeah. with this subconscious fear of trying new things out yeah. and so they look for that safe job and, and obviously the danger of a good job is that it will take away all of your hunger yeah. you know it will take away your your sort of your uh, quench for adventure almost you know your desire to go out there and see uh, what you could achieve you know so uh, obviously there's that saying good is the enemy of that's great what came, that's what came to my head yeah yeah exactly and so say. you know you're in a safe job F finish that quote because they, they need to hear that one yeah good is the enemy of great yeah yeah so bad bad mm -hmm. isn't the enemy of great mm -hmm. good is yeah, yeah exactly so like a lot of people think that they should avoid the bad no not it's not the bad that you should avoid it's the good the thing mm. that makes you satisfied. Yep. Your belly's a little bit full, but it could do with a lot more richness, let's say. Well, see, this is the thing is, right? The way I see it is not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur. And mm. I'll get your take on that as well in just a second. Yeah. But, you know, even if you just want to have a regular job, you know, you want a consistent work, uh, work routine, you want to come back at the same sort of time every single day, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. However, you are capable of a lot more than what you think you can do. Yeah. And it's more so what, what makes life worth living is the process of trying things out. Yeah. You know, Jim Rohn used to say, set a goal to become a millionaire for what it will make of you to achieve mm. it, right? It's yeah. the person you become in the process. Yeah. The reason why, and this is going a bit deep now, the reason why a lot of guys end up becoming really depressed and unfortunately many take their life is because they feel like there's no meaning. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and I think men derive that meaning from the work that they do. Yeah. They want to do something that they feel is important. They want to feel useful, whether it's to their family, to a larger corporation. Yeah. They don't want to feel like they're just sat rotting away, you know, not accomplishing anything. And that's why a lot of guys hit this, uh, 
sort of this wall, maybe at the age of 40 or something, where they have a midlife crisis and they're like, you know what? Mm. I could have done so much more when yeah. I was 20, 30. Yeah. And here I am stuck in a, a cubicle at this company where I'm disrespected consistently by my employer. You know, the people around me are, are fake and a bunch of snakes, which a lot of people are in the corporate world. Yeah. And that depression starts kicking in. Yeah. So this is why I think it's so important when you're in your early 20s. And to be fair, we had quite a lot of those experiences where we were like, okay, what are we going to do in terms of money? You know, how we, and we got into yeah, different lines of work, you know, I won't shy away from saying that, you know, we got into e-commerce, uh, network marketing as well. And, you know, it's all part of the journey. You know, you get in, you learn different things. And I'm not a fan of regretting experiences because every experience shapes you. Yeah. Sometimes it tells you or gives you an idea of what you want, but sometimes it gives you an idea of what you don't want. Exactly. And that sort of trying things out is important. So what would yeah. you say to someone who's like, man, I'm 21. I don't know what I want to do, man. Like, where do I begin? You, oh man, at the age of 20, at the age of 21, man, like really, it's just about, if I could go back to see my 21 year old self and, and give some advice, I would literally just tell that guy to have some fun you mm. know what i mean and what i'm what i'm saying by that is again the whole adventure side of things because looking back at it now i feel like i wasted a lot of good years mm. by not necessarily being so like, like by being scared into thinking what have i got to do mm. um and do you think social media has negatively impacted us in that way because i uh, maybe 30 40 years ago the average 20 year old didn't have that burden on his back or maybe didn't have this false expectation of what or where he should be by this age. Cause now on Instagram and I see it all the time on my coaching calls, guys in their twenties, early twenties are genuinely seriously anxious about the fact yeah. that they haven't accomplished shit. Yeah. Do you think that comes from social media? Oh man. Social media. I've, I've got a lot of bugbears to pick with it. I think it's, um, tormenting a lot of people mm. um, especially guys especially because for whatever reason well the algorithm will push it anyway for whatever reason I don't know but also a lot of people nowadays have become fans rather than kind of like followers if you're following somebody I would expect that you're following somebody to maybe get a little bit of wisdom from this person or whatever mm. but a lot of people are fans and they're just kind of watching somebody else right mm. and i think that's where social media is so crippling because you're following people let's say who are super successful who have really nice cars and whatever and a lot of people can't detach and i've had struggles with this before and i'm sure mm. you have as well yeah um can't detach from understanding that this person has what they've got because of a, a set of very exceptional circumstances mm. the majority of the time right and because you can't detach from that you're questioning why not me right and yeah and when you in comparison is the thief of joy so when you start asking things like that yeah you're on a on a slippery slope yeah because now you're now you're you're kind of inviting in all these different negative emotions that turn into much bigger words and labels such mm. as anxiety um and depression, depression. right i've got a hot question for you yeah do you think that a lot of guys misdiagnose themselves yeah. with depression yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. i mean it's gonna there, there may well be a clinical 
diagnosis of depression, but I just can't see how that's useful. Mm. Yeah. All I understand, and, and again, this could come from us. This could come from a place of ignorance to a degree, but I'm happy with that anyway. Mm. It's just bad feelings. Mm-hmm. It's sadness. You're not. Why do you? Why are you entitled? Why are you so entitled? Um, to the point where you think that you should be excluded from feeling bad about things yeah. for a prolonged amount of time as well. Mm-hmm. Me and you have both been there. Yeah. And certainly, with because uh, we've had a lot of conversations to do this, and actually, um, to the audience right now, I'll say that Ali, and hopefully he says the same about me, we, he was a big reason for me keeping it pushing and getting out of a bad situation. So certainly I've been in some pits and pits of despair and some harsh times, mm. but I don't think once I said I was depressed. Yeah. Now you, you might be listening to that right now thinking, yeah, 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 but it's different for you or whatever. What if it's not? What if I have the exact same feeling, but mm. I refuse to label myself that mm. because as soon as you, as soon as you kind of attach this label to yourself, you now are c- almost consumed by it. Certainly. And you become a victim. Don't you? you become a victim of it. So I'm, I'm not a big, f- I know that there are other people out there who, who say this type of stuff as well, but it, this is my thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people listening might well know who that type of information comes from, but mm-hmm. I, I refuse to believe anything different. 100%. Yeah, I agree um, with you. I I would rather be ignorant to it and, and keep it, keep that out of my vocabulary and keep this sort of, um, keep the doom of that, uh, that that comes with the burden of calling Mm. yourself that away from me. And I, and I certainly think everybody could do that if they, other than maybe they're clinically diagnosed, but even then, you're opening a can of worms when I say this because I'm opening a can of worms when I say this, um, but I'm going to say it anyway as a hot mm-hmm. take. We're on coffee mm-hmm. and takes right now. Coffee's yeah, hot. Yeah. And it's a take. <laughs> um, but I dare I say that even doctors are just people, and there mm-hmm. are some people. There are plenty of people in this world who just do something to make money, mm-hmm. and just because somebody has a qualification. Or a certain, you know, um, board membership mm-hmm. to be able to say something doesn't necessarily mean that it's right because everybody's so individualized and, and a lot of and a lot of people have a job that they just don't care about. They're yeah. just there to make money. And some people say some people are forced into the world of into the career of becoming something such as a doctor, and they're like well, I'm here now. I'm I've just got to do it anyway. protocol. Yeah, I'm just following protocol. This is what it says in the book. That's what I have to give you. And, and I've got to say, like, I just think, uh, wh- why would you, why would you just believe that because somebody has a title that they're definitely right about something? Mm. Yeah? Maybe, mm. maybe by the book, that if that's what they've got under it, sure. But if you came to me with that same book, I'd just say, I'd probably just say, well, you are, it's sad. I think yeah. we're missing the old fashioned be a man kind of thing. And I look, yeah. I, I know this also is con- controversial as well. Yeah. I mean, touching on what you mentioned about, um, you know, depression, I think in certain cases, people can be diagnosed with clinical depression. You know, people that have gone through severe trauma, yeah. maybe they saw 
something horrific. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they were involved in a car accident that killed four people and, yeah. you know, that they can't seem to process what's happened. And so they need some therapy. Yeah. Um, I can fully understand that. Even mothers after they give birth, some of them go through severe trauma as well. And I'm fully with that. Mm. Now, if we're talking about the average 21-year-old in the West, for example, who lives in relative comfort, mm-hmm. you know, uh, has electricity, uh, has a, a warm place to sleep in every single day, uh, you know, food, everything that you could think of, even luxury, such as a smartphone, the latest iPhone, you know, you telling yourself that you're depressed is you confining yourself in, in a small box. And, and as I said, you're basically a victim yeah. at this stage. And when you're a victim, you eliminate, you know, any possible solutions. Yeah, you start like barricading all the escape routes, basically. Yeah. And, and it's self-inflicted. It you are basically deciding, yeah. when you decide to become a victim, you are deciding that there is nothing for me to do. I yeah. cannot do it. I'm, I'm helpless. I'm bound by that label now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. And, and when you really accept it, you stay down. Yeah. But when you're like, no, I refuse to label myself as depressed because in doing so, I'm taking the easy way out. You know, am I supposed to feel good all the time? Hell no. And I think you guys need to be comfortable with that. You know, I have bad days. You have bad days, right? You know, once again, it's almost naive to believe that you're supposed to feel happy all the time. You know, I've said this in videos before. You know, happiness is a visitor. You know, you know people people that say, I just want to be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bad goal to set. Yeah. Because life is chaotic in nature. And Murphy's Law, you know, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Murphy, Murphy's Law states that uh, the, wor- well, the worst possible outcome will occur usually at the worst possible time. Yeah. You know, you're broke, you need money, your car breaks down. <laughs> yeah. And now you're like, what am I going to do? Happened, yeah. You know, like, what am I going to do there? Yeah. And, and so life will test you. And so you expecting that, conditions will remain calm is naive nature isn't calm you know no one can as a matter of certainty say that there will never be a flood in this region or that there will never be another hurricane to hit the u.s ever again nature just when you least expect it yeah a hurricane comes out of the equation yeah well yeah it's very erratic life is erratic and um and you have to you have to accept that and i think when you do you kind of a massive weight comes off your shoulders because you're mm. almost a- accepting the fact that bad things are going to happen. And when a bad thing comes, you're like, ah, there you are. I was waiting for you. I yeah. knew you were going to get me out of somewhere. And, um, and we could probably say that depression and these labels are really a culmination of like a bunch of bad things happening at once. And, mm-hmm. and it's all seemingly insurmountable. Mm-hmm. And you think, why have I been dealt this hand? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, don't know if I can ever do anything about it, so I'm just going to uh, curl up into a ball and pray that life stops beating me. Mm-hmm. And t- trust me, I felt like getting in that corner as well and curled up into a ball and just and doing it. But for whatever reason, I was just driven not to, uh, in the sense of like if the wiring. And it, I was going to talk about wiring as well, mm-hmm. but um, the wiring that we have is is survival. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and a form of survival nowadays is different to what it used to be. But I would say that the labeling is completely unhelpful. It's destructive. It is completely unhelpful because when you think about where we came from as a species, 
nobody had time to be depressed about anything. You had to no, worry yeah. about putting saber tooth tigers. Yeah, for real. Like, and it, like, there's so much truth to that that I believe now we're so privileged, and this is where a lot of uh, my perceptions come from nowadays. Is I believe we're so privileged. And, and choose not to do anything that we start coming we use our create a lot of people use that create mode that I was talking about to create you know weird ways of thinking about why this is hard and whatever else when in reality years and years ago like we could go back even 50 years but let's say you have the luxury of, of coming up with excuses exactly. and reasons and, and like you are your own worst enemy in that sense because yeah. you can literally you can sever Mm -hmm. all kind of um all kind of goodness in your life by thinking about all the bad stuff that's going on but it, yeah it, it really it dare i say it is a choice mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, 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 I, and i agree with you on that i think in most cases you're most silly cases you're silly most to cases. diagnose yourself with depression you're going through a rough patch and this is where we're going to talk about the solution now because some of you are going to be like, well, Ali, well, Matt, you know, what's the solution to this? Yeah. Have good friends that you can reach out to when, you know, you're going through tough times. You know, Matt mentioned that I've been there for him. I would also say the same. He's been there for me. You know, we've we've had long conversations and, and that's what you need in life. You know, good friends who, when you come to them with something that's uh, pressuring you, they're there to listen. They're not there to make you feel, you know, any worse or to... to degrade you in any way or to talk down to you because look there are some bad people out there that don't want to hear your problems and won't be there for you i think uh, i once heard um you know jordan peterson mentioned that a good friend is somebody that celebrates with you when you have something um positive to share with them and also is there for you as a sort of a, almost like a shoulder to lean on when you're going through tough times yeah. and so you need strong masculine uh role models in your life you know whether it's friends whether it's uh, an uncle that you can call you know reach out to people man don't don't bottle it in you know you're not a beta male if you uh you talk about how you feel you know we, we've gone through uh, issues in the past several issues you know financial issues relationship issues and we've spoken about them you know and whenever we speak about some of the the issues that we go through uh, we are also searching for ways to improve uh, whilst we are speaking to each other mm -hmm. you know it's not just complaining uh, i mean sometimes look sometimes you need to get it out of your system you've gone through a heartbreak man you just want to let it all out you want to cry and shit and that's perfectly normal by the way you know you're not a robot you have emotions running through you yeah. um what i would say is that there is an element to masculinity of being stoic you know mm -hmm. and, and not making life's daily trivial problems weigh you down and cause you to crumble yeah. however there are moments in your life and there will be a few of them uh, in, in in a life of 60 70 80 years where you will go through severe trauma you know mm -hmm. you lose parents uh, maybe a loved one um you you're, you go bankrupt i mean there are going to be moments that will cause you to you know to crumble and this is where it's very important to have a good support system in place, good people around you that can pick you up and be like, hey, man, I'm here for you. If you want to take some time, you know, to process everything, feel free to do so. But if you want to speak to me, I'm here for you. You know, mm -hmm. that's what we need more of. And I yeah. think a lot of guys, sadly, end up taking their lives because they feel like no one cares. Yeah. Um, but I want to say here that people do care about you. And sometimes they don't say it enough. Mm -hmm. And maybe guys don't say it to each other enough. But there are people in your life that will be glad 
to hear what you're going through. Not glad as in, you know, they're going to celebrate your, your demise and your problems, but as in, you know, they'll be glad that you reached out because they'll feel good in the fact that you see them as somebody that can offer help, you know. And so if you don't have a support system in place, you know, develop those friendships, which, you know, often takes time to develop. But also I would say that sometimes there's people that you meet you know, and, and when within three or four months, they're a much better person, a much better friend to have around than someone you've known for five, yeah. six years. Yeah. Um, so don't feel like, well, I've got to meet somebody and then be with them for a while for them to become a good friend. It's yeah. like, no, good people are good straight away. Bad people are bad straight away. That's true. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, what I would say actually is bad people can disguise themselves as good mm. for a while. Uh, good, good people are usually quite easy to separate from the bat from the fakers let's say mm. yeah but bad people can disguise that's actually good, a really good point yeah i would say there's yeah. a lot of people out there that will and i've said this before as well you know when i've spoken about uh potentially your desire to start a business you may go to your friends which is something that we all do i think it's approval seeking behavior yeah. to go to all of your friends and tell them what you want to do uh you want to feel good and i think it gives us a false sense of achievement when we yeah. tell our friends of what we want to do and look yeah. there's nothing wrong with being excited about something but sometimes you go to people too soon and you start telling them about what you want to do and some people will disguise their cynicism as advice yes you definitely. know maybe they are insecure about their ability to go out there and yeah. make things happen and when they see you coming with this courage and this confidence it rubs them off the wrong way yeah and that's when you'll hear things like well i wouldn't do that if i was just a bit risky mm, yeah you know, i know somebody that yeah. my friend's dad's cousin he did it you yeah. know five years ago and, and he you know he failed at it and it's like well hang on a second i'm not him well do you know where, where i'd go with that is this is figuring yourself out so that you know that you can count on you before you start asking not before you start asking but like before you start considering what other people are saying mm. you know like i found myself kind of dependent on other people and as ali was saying kind of seeking permission or whatever, or, or that kind of validation that you get from speaking about it to begin mm -hmm. with. Um, I found my, I have found myself doing that plenty of times in the past, um, but that's almost because I didn't trust myself enough. Mm. Yeah, but when I discovered who I was and knew that I could count on myself for a bunch of things, that gave me the confidence that I could go out there and even if it is somebody that I wasn't necessarily too sure of, let's mm. say, and and I wasn't you know giving away the whole plot that I was about to do or mm -hmm. anything. But I would explain to them what it is that I want to do. And then they start kind of hating. Or, you know, what I interpret now as hating. Mm. Whereas when I was younger, I probably would have just been like, oh, he's trying to give me advice. But yeah. he's actually hating, yeah? Um, because I know who I am and I know what I can do. I've almost you know, cemented in my head what it is that I'm going to do anyway. Mm. So I could just be like, all right, mate, thanks for your... Thanks for your opinion and whatever, yeah, and uh, and just keep it pushing, yeah. Know? And then that way you kind of because you trust yourself to begin with in that sense anyway. It's it's easier to be to be a man of to have the courage of your convictions, um, but then it also becomes clearer who's out to get you and who's mm. kind of like trying to make it more difficult for this decision that you're trying to make. Oh yeah, and I think you got to trust your gut as well. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know sometimes you're around people and you just don't feel comfortable. Yeah, you know, and I've spoken about this in videos where uh, I, I share some advice on how to, you know, build a sort of social circle. You know, talking about some of my experiences, there are people that I've had around me that I just didn't feel good with, and I, I don't know how to explain it. 
but there was something in me telling me, ah, I don't think this is your tribe. I don't yeah. think these are your people. No, yeah. Um, and I don't mean they weren't brown like me, um, <laughs> but there was just something that wasn't there, you know? And, and I'm very selective now, especially at this age, 28, yeah. uh, of who I have around me because I understand that, you know, there are people that will rub off on you the wrong way if you allow them to. Yeah. And so, you know, and it's the same for you, I'm sure. You know, our social circle is something that we're very careful with. And one thing very I've careful. sort of come to understand over the years is that a smaller, higher quality circle is better for you than having lots of people around you of who many are probably plotting against you. Um, yeah. If we're being honest, I yeah. mean, there are people out there that want to see you fail and some will go out of their way to make sure you fail, yeah. um, which is insane, you know? And so the way you know, I mean, this is a question I have for you. How do you know someone's a good friend from, from your perspective? That's a good question because there are so many qualities that somebody, so let's say that you've got a whole list of qualities and boxes mm. that you can tick about people. Let's say there's a hundred good qualities, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody might tick only three or four of them, but they're just excellent at it. Yeah. It's more about them not tick, not ticking the bad boxes. Mm. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Because obviously you can find friends who are helpful when it comes to you being in a, um, a situation where you really need something and people yeah. are generous and, and will go out of their way to help you and everything like that. And that, that's quite obvious. Um, and there are also people, there are genuinely good people who don't have like the most uh, obvious good qualities, yeah? Mm -hmm. In the sense of like, like they, you might not, you might just love talking to this person or whatever, mm. but they don't do you wrong. That's what's more important is, are they mm. going to do you wrong? Are they, are they deceitful? Do you find that they, again, it's, it's more about that gut instinct that you're talking about. Yeah. I don't think your gut instinct talks to you very much when it comes to the, the good, to, qualities. To the good ones. It's more to the bad. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like a warning, like an yeah. alert. Because what I found with my, with my whole friendship circle, right? Um, is that there are there are people in there who can piss me off about X, Y, and Z, and it, none of it is deceitful, none of it is actually harmful, but it just might not be that they uh, said that they said that they were going to do something. To them, it might have been quite light-hearted and whatever, but to me, I got let down. Yeah, mm. and I can get over it if I know that this person's if I know that this person is so good for this, this, and this. Yeah, and I'm like, well, all I can still love this person, knowing that like. You know, they're not perfect. Yeah. And I used to be quite highly strung about that. And I used to be quite unfair. Like, even to the point where I said, if somebody smokes, I don't want to go anywhere near them. Now, mm. me being a very healthy person and being, you know, like dedicated to my health and fitness, yeah, that was the sort of angle that I was coming from. I don't want to be around other people who smoke. They might have bad, you know, they, they might have a lack of discipline, let's mm. say. Um, and that type of thing matters to me. But then, you know, I have hung around people who smoke and I'm like, actually, this guy is great, even though mm. that is the case. So you, you almost sort of mature your the things that you look for in people yeah. and get over silly little things that don't matter so much. So that's a really good point. Yeah. You know, and, and the reason why I say that is because I don't I might not be the worst for it, but 
there were points where I literally would just cut people off because of certain small things that really mm. weren't about their character. It's just yeah. about like the way that they can, the, the way that they do things it, for, in their own life that just affects them. Mm. Yeah. And then I found that that was unfair. It, yeah. 100%. I agree with you. I think, I think be unfair is the right word to use. It I is think unfair. You, you expect someone to be perfect in every yeah, way. Yeah healthy makes loads of money supports you in your business yeah, yeah. and supports you whenever you have a breakup and you need someone to talk to and it no human can be that for you no. you know it, it's naive to expect that there's someone out there that will i mean there are the way i see it is there are people that share more with like imagine there were three ovals and you know that crossover section the venn diagram is exactly the venn diagram yeah there are people that will share more like yes. the reason why I, I i see matt as a great friend is because we share quite a lot in common mm. you know we both have the desire to do well financially and we always talk about you know what's going on around the world in terms of you know crypto in terms of uh, you know the foreign exchange industry and just different business ideas we also have great conversations when it comes to fitness uh, running you know sleeping which we'll touch on later as well you know and so me and matt we share quite a lot in common we we watch similar podcasts we you know have long conversations for hours on end but then there are people that are also good friends of mine that i only see once every three months yeah but when we see when i see them i have a great time with them and you know and and like you said they don't make me feel uncomfortable in any way yeah and look there are people that make you uncomfortable because they want you to grow yeah however the, the kind of uncomfortable that we're talking about is Maybe they're, you know, very cynical, you know, very yes. negative. They talk down to you, yeah. um, you know, disrespectful. That's another thing as well. Yeah. You've communicated your boundaries. They still carry on being this. Right. That's, that's different. Right. That kind of discomfort comes from this person not being a good person to have around you overall. Mm. Um, they may have good traits, mm -hmm. but yeah. they don't treat you well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. I mean, at, you, yeah. you kind of if we're talking to a lot of younger guys here, right, we might be talking here. We're specifically sort of talking about like you choosing to hang around people just because they know people and they can get you into clubs and they know girls and you can hang around girls and whatever else. Yeah. Um, what else? Like, I don't know. They've just got the, some people are just friends with somebody because they can hook you up with whatever. Yeah. Mm. Now in a sense, that's a faulty dynamic anyway, because it's, almost too selfish on your part so in a, in a way you're kind of bad as well mm. but this person that you're trying to be friends with might obviously be a bad person but you're bypassing what your gut instinct is telling you because mm. they can hook you up with things or whatever right mm. and that's where i think um that's where i think a lot of younger guys end up in the wrong circles and having and, and end up feeling like something's missing because they can't talk to people about certain things and mm. well now it's obvious because yep. you're you're choosing people for the wrong reasons now exactly. i'm not even the i'm not even the best to really um think about all the other bad things that people could be leading you into because i've actually done a pretty good job at staying away from a lot of the negative temptations that mm. people have when it comes to being a young guy and whatever mm -hmm. else, yeah? Uh, so there are people who, who can speak on that better, but I'm sure you understand my point. Mm -hmm. um, it's You'll end up feeling empty if you don't have people who are, let's say, able to push you and in a comfortable way. In a, mm -hmm. not in a, I in don't, a constructive way. Yeah, in a constructive way, because it's not necessarily there what i was about to say is it's not necessarily 
comfort as in like come on mate you can do it or whatever but like understanding who you are and what type of push it is that you need um and you know i've learned from people before it's you should really be around a bunch of a bunch of guys who are pushing really hard to to be successful and stuff as mm-hmm. well and uh, what i'm finding about my life and who i've naturally sort of who i'm naturally in tune with are people who i mean a bunch of people are doing better than me which mm-hmm. i like to see mm-hmm. um but are just aggressive they're pursuing something mm-hmm. and um and and that's really what it's about is finding people who are, who are going to push you like that yeah you know, 100%. Rather, rather than getting you into abrupt getting into making you causing you to make bad decisions and maybe maybe a uh, like maybe a good point to mention here is what type of things are bad decisions really mm. you know what i mean have you got any that come to your mind because i'm thinking like i'm thinking like people who have put you in danger you know what i mean people who put you in we danger are. um people who it, it, it does become quite a niche topic because of the sort of context that's required but if you're talking about like putting your money into things mm. yeah um or or t- like so we have quite traditional values in terms of mm-hmm. let's say the importance of our family and the importance mm-hmm. of our friends doing right by people like that now some people out there will make it hard for you to do the right thing mm-hmm. when it comes to things and like those that. are the people that truly do not care about you yeah because if they bring you into an environment that could put you in danger and the way i would sort of uh, describe it is if you're around people that are doing things that are immoral illegal and unethical those are people that you should stay far away from because they might make you feel good about yourself you might have come from a home where maybe you don't have older brothers maybe your parents uh, were really mean to you growing up and so you might be around these guys that you feel are making you feel better about yourself, but they're dragging you into an environment that could put you in danger, that could throw you in prison, that could cause you to get killed. I mean, London is a good example of that. There are young guys, Mm. 16, 17, being arrested with knives this big. You know, and and these are people that you look at. I saw a video that broke my heart recently of this young kid in London, I think South London, who was arrested by police and they pulled a knife that he had in his trousers. They pulled it out and it was like this big and the kid was like trembling. You could see that he didn't expect to be caught with it. And now his whole life is flashing in front of his eyes and he's thinking, what have I done? Mm-hmm. You know, and I can guarantee there were probably people around him that were like, oh, yeah, man, look at you, bro. You're, you're sick, man. You're mm-hmm. a dude. Who's going to mess with you? And, yeah, and that yeah. kid felt euphoric. He felt like he could take on the world. Like, and who's going to mess way. with me? This yeah. is the way. Mm, exactly. So, like I'm the real deal. These guys are making me feel good about myself. Yeah. But those are the most two-faced predatory individuals because I can guarantee if, if a situation was to go down, these are the kind of people that would run away first, that would leave you to handle it yourself. You see people like that, right? What what they've disguised really well is how insecure they are. Mm. Yeah, People who lure people into doing stuff, very insecure because what they find self-validation in is getting somebody to do what they do. Yeah, mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah what that that is the worst person to have around you is somebody who it's predatory it is predatory it's taking somebody and, who you know maybe 
can't cope with the stress as, as well as you can and throwing them in a situation where you can take advantage of them because yeah. maybe they're, they're supplying you with certain things, whether it's drugs or whatever, um, and, and you're benefiting. Yeah. And you might be the one who has positioned himself away from the danger and you've put in this kid in front of the danger. How, you know? mu- how much do you... Obviously, you, you're here broadcasting to a lot of people right now, mm. um, big on TikTok and, and doing very well on um, on all social media platforms, really. How does it make you... Because this, this ties into it. How does it make you feel being able to lead people, right? The significance of that. Because obviously, that's what these guys are doing. Mm. Yeah, they they get a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. So, but you... Now, this is what I will say it's a lot harder to do the right thing than it is to do the ba- the wrong thing. Yep. Yeah. So there are people who, who can easily get like a little kick of validation and whatever by convincing somebody to do something bad. Cause it's easy to do bad mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You, it, there's so much temptation around bad things. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who are watching this right now, um, who obviously, you know, respect and admire Ali anyway. What I will say is there's more credit that's due for somebody who, it, more credit that is owed to him for being somebody that is so committed to doing something that's good because if you remember and all of us will know this type of person in school there would be a kid in school who was the naughty kid and for mm. whatever reason it was made so much easier for them to get you know praise and everything like that mm-hmm. even though they were doing bad things mm-hmm. so and, and it kind of goes the good people kind of go unnoticed the good people it takes a lot for somebody who's good to shine more maybe it's because most people aren't inherently bad and there are technically a lot of good people so for you to shine you have to be kind of like Mm -hmm. really stuck in there and doing it for a long time until people start to recognize you and praise you and you only are going to reach that sort of level by going through the going through the times where and it could be a prolonged amount of time where nobody does recognize you. Mm-hmm. But that's why a lot of people, I guess, would then resort to doing things that are bad because it's easy to get recognition. A lot of people mm-hmm. obviously seeking that validation and recognition. But obviously mm-hmm. going back to my question is like how how good it makes you feel to be able to inspire and lead people. Obviously, that's where it comes. So maybe yeah. you can tie that in. Yeah, that's, that's a good question, man. I think the way I see it is... When you take shortcuts, you get cut short. Yeah. And this is actually a lyric from a, a very famous UK rapper called Akala. And, uh, you know, w- what I aim to do with the content that I create is help people live a fulfilling life that may not be as exciting initially, but you can look back at the life that you led and feel proud of the man that you've become and the family that you've created. And I don't know which film it was. Uh, it was... Uh, Robert De Niro was in it and there was that young kid his son in the yeah. film I don't know if it was the if it was Goodfellas or I, don't, I can't remember Goodfellas. but um, I no, think he wait, was wait. is it are you think is it definitely Robert De Niro yeah Robert De Niro because he he slapped his son for taking money from a bunch of gangsters and he said yeah, what are you doing here he says a real man like a real gangster is the person that wakes up every I don't it's know if he said Al real kid. no it was Robert De Niro oh, really? um, yeah Robert I De Niro might, I really, I really <laughs> <laughs> and someone in the comments will, will, will yeah, mention someone, this someone will get us on that I, my, I know that's a legacy film and I, and I, do, my, I do well to get let's cut the podcast right here <laughs> <laughs> you know but yeah go on, yeah but he, he was saying basically something along the lines of you know a real man is somebody that wakes up, wakes up every single day really early in the morning and works hard for his family. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, not somebody who, you know, harms other people in the pursuit of temporary pleasure. Because that, that's what it is. It's temporary pleasure. It's fleeting. You know, you get rewarded in the moment, but then 
in the long run. I mean, no one can say that a life of crime is rewarding. Even people that were involved in a life of crime who have come out of that life mm. on podcasts. I've seen plenty of them where they talk about how damaging it was to their family. Some of them tear up and they cry. And yeah. when they re re reminisce the trauma it caused their mother. You know, it caused their, their siblings. Maybe one of their siblings got killed as a result of them being involved in that life. Yeah. And so they brought someone who was innocent into this life. Because, you know, it's, it's never going to end well. And so, no. you know, obviously with the content, what I aim to do is tell fellas that, hey, listen, you know, what's really rewarding is building something that stands the test of time. You know, you as a man are going to develop. You as a man are going to change over time. And the process of you changing the process of you developing is what's going to bring you that sweetness. And you want to make sure that, you know, you positively impact those that, that are around you. And I think that's that's the most rewarding thing with what I do is the fact that I hear people, well, I get comments every single day and, and emails and, you know, people telling me how there was a specific video that they watched when they were really down and they were contemplating maybe doing something wrong. Um, mm. to get out of that situation. But they yeah. saw a video of mine that prompted them to stay on track, right. to keep going. And, and that's what's really rewarding from it, man. There's yeah. something I was going to say about that. Yeah, so, you know, what's temporary, you know, th these temporary pleasures, they're not going to be worthwhile in the long run. They won't. They're fleeting. And so you want to make sure that you build something that you can look at and be proud of. Do you know, do you know what came to my mind as you were saying about the film part, mm. like that kind of thing, yeah. What comes to my mind is that we've been, not even, this isn't by social media, what I'm about to say, but we are being misled and, and led to kind of think that life should be a certain way. You mm. were talking about the commitment and the consistency. And this is a, it's a, those are two adjectives about life that you, almost attribute boredom with yeah mm. like if it's consistent and and um if you're committing and consistent it sounds like they're, they're not sexy words are Could they do the same thing again yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of that's thing. why people say they have that adage same shit different day yeah well i mean i i don't like saying things like that because it almost means you're not up to anything yeah you know? but that's such a good point what i was going to say about it though which I think is an even better point, is we've been misled by watching films. Mm. Films are, let's say, an hour and a half, two hours long, sometimes more, yeah? We're watching let, sometimes a full life happen in two or three hours, yeah? yeah? And it's it's flash, bang, you know, crazy stuff going on all Whoa, the time. Yeah. And, we're, and then we look at our lives and start thinking, oh, this is mundane, this is boring because I don't have any pizzazz or, or like um, grandioseness going on in my life. I don't think that I'm anything like this guy, but I'd love to be like this guy or whatever. Mm. And um, so we're, we're sort of misled by all of the things that we watch in thinking that it should be all crazy and whatever. Wild. Now, mm. if I... If I merge the two of my points together about the film and not not aiming for a life like that, but instead aiming for that commitment and consistency, mm -hmm. those are the things that you should seek because then what you're gonna you're gonna find out a lot about yourself. You get, again, we we've spoken about it already, but that sort of being a man of your word, a man mm. of honor, um, and you end up finding that when you can just keep like. You just keep it moving keep it pushing or whatever even in the darkest days when it's the hardest you'll find yourself 
ending up kind of loving who you are and, and feeling mm-hmm. so capable and uh, and a lot of better things actually start to happen from that that's where the kind of I would say the fun starts to unravel or, or, or you know becomes easier to find mm-hmm. when you are just committed and consistent to what it is that you set out to do and there are going to be times where obviously it is just that ugly word mm. consistent but it's and you're like why am I doing this but over time, it just mm. it ends up manifesting into something else. Like this Such is the, a good point. This is the compound effect, really. Yeah. Everything that you do that, again, it might not be sexy, but let's say when it comes to me and running, mm-hmm. I'm out there doing these runs, even though plenty of time, I would say, well, there's the law of thirds, right? Mm-hmm. A third of the time, it's going to be good. A third of the time, it's going to be all right. A third of the time, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Mm. So let's say uh, two thirds of the time, I'm not really going to be on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm committed to it anyway. And that's the same with, obviously, what you're yeah. doing. There'll be plenty. I, I imagine you you could literally, if you were to condense it all and, and watch everything, you'd be like, I really wasn't feeling it two-thirds. I wasn't, like, feeling good two-thirds of the time. But I still... Well, 100%. Anyway. I mean, I'm a human being who has days where he doesn't feel like himself. Mm. You know, I feel down and deflated. And, you know, if you look at my channel, there's probably about 700 videos now. Yeah. Um, and, and I was probably posting about one or two videos uh, every day or every other day and right now the schedule is basically daily so that's pretty much a video a day over the last two years and you know that's you crazy. can guarantee that there were days that i was like oh man i can't be asked and i've spoken oh, about this before you, you know, know but i did it anyways people people just aren't cool of the idea of being mr consistency like that are they Mr. Consistency isn't mad sexy in that sense, yeah? Mm. Obviously, that's not necessarily the way that you look or how you dress or anything. Obviously, you're one of the suavest cats out there in the, in the streets. Thank you, yeah? thank you, sir. Thank you, fellow <laughs> Of course, fellow we, we all know that. It goes without saying. But um, it's more like, oh, Mr. Consistency, he... he uh, he doesn't get the same props as this guy who's like mad flashy and mm. and, and whatever else and has like this business that popped up real quick and everything like that but i tell you what things that are built quick tend to fall quite quickly as well easy come easy go easy come easy go exactly and i think what we truly admire is longevity you know you're you're a massive nba fan Mm. and uh you know your favorite exactly your favorite uh, nba player is lebron james yeah and you know my favorite football player is cristiano ronaldo yeah. You know, and both of these incredible athletes share the same thing, longevity. Mm-hmm. You know, Ronaldo's, you know, matching Haaland's record um, at the age of, he's turning 39 very soon, I believe. Uh, you know, that's, that's a freak of nature right there. And LeBron, <laughs> isn't his son almost, is, is his son playing the league? No, he's, he's son almost is, in the league. Let's say a year or two maximum away so from So there's a possibility the league, yeah. that they'll both play in the league together. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... That's insane longevity. That's that's over two decades of consistency. And, you know, Kobe, you know, um, God bless his soul, was, you know, always talking about the importance of showing up. Yeah. And I think one of the most profound things he's ever said, which have stuck with me, is how far ahead you'll be over time if you show yeah. up daily. Yeah, you know, the whole it. thing of like yeah. if, if one NBA player trains once a day, you know, in, in a week, that's seven sessions. Well, what he said, what he said, if I remember rightly, mm. was he shows up at the gym at like four in the morning. Everybody else shows up at seven. Mm. Basically, eight days later, if he's doing that eight days straight, he's a whole day ahead. Now, obviously, when you... Over years. Yeah, when you do that over years, you are light years ahead. Of, uh, you're, of you're, you're impossible and, to catch. And, and, and you know, this that, that brings me to a point that I was going to say earlier on. Remember, remember I said this a long time ago, mm. yeah? 
um, there should be no surprise to your success. Yeah. And this is an important message for everybody right now that I would that that I would lean on a lot. If you're in anything that you're pursuing, you should really aim for there not to be a surprise. Some people love the some people love the idea of surprising people and just like one day showing up in a Lamborghini. Yeah. Mm. One day showing up in a Bentley or whatever. Right. And like, yep, well, you doubted me or whatever, but that's not realistic. It happens for some people, like a very a small minority of people, but you're talking about a small minority of people that are already part of the minority anyway. Yeah. Mm, exactly. Now there are a lot of people out there. Well, no, sorry. This is an important message for a lot of people out there uh, to go for that sort of, approach of consistency um and allow there not to be any surprise about your success mm -hmm. to the point where people kind of get bored of, of asking you how well you do oh you, you're still doing yeah, that you're thing still winning and, yeah still yeah, collecting yeah, splendacious yeah, yeah. <laughs> still collecting big dubs uh, yeah? I, need, I need a spoon i was gonna be like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it appears that one of our men in fact let me do this man i want this to be a, a memorable moment in the podcast hang on a second well it has it goes along the lines of this right hang on Gentlemen, if I may, a few words, if I may. It appears that one of our man has recently acquired a splendacious W. Exactly. Therefore, a congratulation is in order. Great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and and that's the um, that that's really the tone that I like to set is is there being no surprise. Yeah. Trust me. And I'm not even I'm not even successful. So it's not even like a trust me thing. Is in. Um, well, you have plenty of things that you can, uh, you know, look at and be like, well, it's worked there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, people, I'm actually annoyed by this. And I feel like you might get, have the same mm. position. I don't have anyone who doubts me. Yeah. Mm. And I used to have a lot. But you miss it. <laughs> I miss it. Yeah. I miss it because it's now predictable. Mm. And, and I'm almost, I, I am annoyed by that because. <laughs> There's a, there's a part of me that's like, no, 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 no. You, I, I'm saying I'm going to do this big. Do you not realize how big it is, the thing that I'm saying that I'm going to do? Yeah. Do you not realize how big that is? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but I know you can do it. No, no, I'm yeah. like, oh, that's annoying, man, because that kind Doubt of me. Yeah, like, this is really hard. I'm going to be in a lot of pain from yeah, this, yeah? yeah. And, um, and, and because there's so much belief in the fact mm. that I'm going to be able to do it, I don't even get that. But that's, again, the because you were sort of going mm -hmm. down that way. There isn't a surprise to it. it and I, I can't be mad about that. I, I shouldn't be mad about it. Of course, mm -hmm. I, I like the idea of just just for shock value. Mm -hmm. yeah? Shock value is an important thing, I guess, um, to people when it comes to recognition. So for the shock value, it would be nice if people were like, nah, there's no way you can do that. Mm -hmm. and, and, and me like, oh, yeah, watch. Exactly. But I don't get that because people are people are like yeah. I know well, you've you can silenced do it. them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Silence you've silenced them. your doubters. I and mean, they have nothing to to look at and be like, well, you didn't do this. Yeah, you yeah. know, and th that's the thing. That's what winning does. Yeah, you know, Eric Thomas used to put it this way. He said, "Winners win and losers lose." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you just keep winning, I mean, you you leave people speechless. How does he keep doing it? Yeah. You know, and, and, and the thing is, the reason they, they become silenced is because they know they have zero effect on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the beginning, the reason why some of these doubters thrive when they uh, hurl cynicism towards people is because they know that most people are going to mm. be affected by it and probably quit. Yeah. That's why they love it, because yeah. they know that their words have power on yeah. this person. You yeah. know, if someone knows that they can get you to do whatever they want, 
you know yeah. they, their words can destroy you to the core mm. they they love that feeling and, and and i've spoken about this on the channel it's insecurity people that you know, haters, let's just say, right? Having anger towards everyone reaching success is what mm. it stands for, right? Yeah. Haters, you know, are very insecure. They're insecure because when they see you courageously pursuing your goals, it reminds them of a time where they said they were going to do something and they didn't do it. True. True. And that makes them embarrassed. Yeah. That makes them experience feelings of humiliation and regret. And so the only way for them to feel comfortable again is for, to, for them to drag somebody on his way up down. Mm, yeah. Don't leave me here. Stay yeah. here. And that's why a lot of people will talk about how the friends that they had in their neighborhood growing up, when they started to do well, they started talking to them differently. Yeah. And it's like the whole adage of, you know, when you when you thrive in the hood, everyone wants to bring you down almost, you know. So some rappers will talk about having to leave the hood after you do well because there are people that are plotting against you mm. uh, that didn't make something of themselves. Yeah. And so... And that's the thing. And that's why it's very important for you to feed off that energy. You know, that energy is one of the most beautiful things. You know, who was it? C.T. Fletcher. He said, the greatest motivational speech is when you say, I can't do it. Yeah. You know, you've seen that video. He says, doubt me. I think, what does he say? He says, uh, you know, something along the lines of, uh, I want you to doubt me. Yeah, yeah. You know, the doctor told him he can never walk again. Yeah. yeah. He says, he said, no doctor. <laughs> you know, something along those lines. And, uh, <laughs> no, doctor. imagine this. And he had, he had open heart surgery a few times. Yeah, and yeah. there was a time where he was sleeping, sat down like in this position for nine months. He couldn't sleep laying down. And the doctor was like, yeah, you can forget this bodybuilding thing, you know? And he said, well, you, you're, you don't know who you're talking to. Mm. You're talking to a CT mm. Fletcher. You must have forgot who I am. Yeah. You must have forgotten. And he was the one that said very famously, um, <laughs> No, mama. She was like a CT. You can't be the baddest. You know, he says, he says, no, mama. Uh, I'm going to be, what did he say? Something along the lines of, uh, someone's going to be the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What it was. <laughs> someone's <laughs> going to be the baddest. And mama, I love you, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, and I love oh, that man. mindset. You know, he, he is somebody that thrives off of the doubt. And yeah. I think a lot of the, the most successful athletes in the world, you know, Ronaldo was one of them. He says, your love makes me strong, but your hate makes me unstoppable. Mm. And, and I love that, you yeah. know, and, and I believe that to succeed at anything, you need, you know, thick skin. You need rhino skin, as we like to say, right? You know, people's words cannot affect you. Yeah. If someone's words can penetrate you and cause you to not do something, you're weak. You know what I mean? And so you got to you got to take those words and be like, oh. I can't. I remember one guy told me, you, you can't get a thousand on YouTube. A thousand subscribers. <laughs> a thowie. A thowie, you know, a, a little thowie. And I was like, really? A really? Uh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, watch. Uh, you know, and... Uh, all right, player. All right. You know, and the thing is, sometimes they check up on you, these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is he still... Okay, yeah, fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, he's still yeah. going. Oh, fuck. Oh, I haven't... He's not, he's two, not though. quite yet. Probably <laughs> 2,000, though. Oh, man. I can't do... Yeah. Free. Watch me. <laughs> watch me. Watch. Watch you what's going You see, um, one of the best things that I've ever watched was the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Mm. Yeah? And I'd advise watching that, yeah? But, you, you know, in there you see on full display the killer that he was and what he'd done to generate doubt. This guy was a doubt generator, yeah? Even though he was the greatest of all time and and they knew from a from very early on that he was the problem mm. how can we solve him yeah um he got so good that nobody doubted him he had to start making shit up yeah? <laughs> and he, i remember there was this rookie he, obviously you'd have to watch the the whole thing to know 
exactly what happened, but I'll obviously take a bit of it. And maybe it's a, there's a Chinese whisper in there because I can't remember the full story. But it was like he was... He wasn't playing particularly well this game, yeah? And I think it was against Washington, um, and they they drafted this new kid uh, who, mm. who they said was going to be the next MJ, yeah? Mm-hmm. And he obviously didn't like that. He's got a big ego yeah. anyway, yeah. let alone... A warranted ego. Warranted, yeah, which, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm all for. I'm all for people having a little bit of arrogance mm-hmm. when it comes to them being having earned it. But, so, the rookie was playing well this game, yeah? And outscored Michael Jordan, yeah. And uh, they actually played again the next day because you have some somehow the NBA works in a way where different points in the season you play the same team but you do mm-hmm. it in their court and then you do it in your court or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so the next day they were playing again, but Michael after that game went went to the media if I remember right. You know they had press conferences, yeah, 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 end, yeah. yeah. So speaking there, he was like. Um, he'd obviously heard people before saying he's the next MJ and all this kind of stuff and um, and he made something up saying that the kid said this yeah <laughs> said this to him like or it was like he scored yeah uh, the lot he scored his last shot and and turned around and winked at him yeah yeah <laughs> something like that and and he said I'm gonna and he said he's not scoring a point next game <laughs> and if I remember rightly he didn't score a point and let's say Michael scored like 22 which is low for him yeah the rookie scored zero or something yeah Michael scored I think the kid scored 37 in that first game Michael scored 37 in the second half of the next game (laughs) something like that and and it's just the way that some people some people are desperate for that Mm. for that super fuel the high yield fuel Mm -hmm. that doubt is and I do I I would like that's why I'm going to start doing more things that Mm. garner more doubt exactly and I think you also need to Set such high goals that you doubt yourself. Yeah, ooh, as well. You know, I've done that this year. You know, what I'm saying, T- tell tell the audience. No, so um, I mean, I actually didn't. I doubted myself, but not as much as I doubted myself during the run. Right, so I decided that I was going to go out there and run a hundred miles in in one day. Um, done it in less than 23 hours in the end and I thought I was actually going to be a bit quicker I was estimating it to be about 19 to 21 hours but it turned out to be 22.50 now nobody will nobody I'm sure will jump on me for that or anything but you know it was um, it's something that scared the hell out of me and I had a I had this smirk on my face where I thought it's scary but I'll be able to handle it yeah Mm. now to you know avoid suspense I got the job done of course but I bit off a lot more than I could chew Mm -hmm. and and felt myself I was over the edge when it came to quitting yeah Mm -hmm. genuinely like it's it's almost metaphorical in a sense where I was over the edge like I I was quitting yeah Mm -hmm. And something just was not letting me. Mm. Yeah. So the doubt was the high, the, the peak that I'd ever seen doubt at. And yeah. I, uh, not only did I not think I was going to do it, I thought I've quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, what pushed you, man? What was it? What did you tap it, into? Right. So it's like I'd spent a lot of time. Now, this is something that we haven't discussed on here, but something that I got from running and that I found so. Uh, helpful and exciting was being 
in the dungeons mm. let's say dancing with the demons mm. that's what i like now obviously there, there are people who watch this who maybe have heard a bunch of runners or a bunch of extreme people talking about that type of stuff and go oh, that's a bit cringy or whatever hey mate it's, it's whatever you deal whatever helps you deal with certain things but i genuinely saw myself not as in me physically and fighting this demon in front of me but i genuinely felt the sort of attack the uh, the full-fledged attack mm. that i was uh that i was you know going into this with and just picking apart and vanquishing demons let's say mm -hmm. yeah so i'd spent a lot of time during these runs getting stronger and stronger inside mentally mm -hmm. yeah so i felt i what i feel to be the case when it came to battling through and ending up finishing that is it was damn near impossible for me to quit because I'd been through so much already. Mm. Now, there were certain ties that I had during that run to uh, as to why I had to get the job done anyway, um, so, uh, such that I had somebody come up to support me the whole way round mm -hmm. this journey, a whole hundred miles round. Um, he came in his van and my, my boy George, and he, you know, equipped me with everything that I need in terms of like mm -hmm. a place to sit down when I needed to, you know, got me drinks and food and everything like that. Changes of clothes, uh, you know, we had in the van. So that whenever I needed it, mm -hmm. I had that there. So in my head, I was thinking, I'm tied to completing this because at this point I lived in Scotland. So it was only a few months ago now. And George came all the way up from here, which is a long, long drive. Yeah. And um, and supported me the whole way around. And, and something like that, I have then a commitment and a tie to making sure that I don't let George down in that mm. case but also there was I and I announced it on social media yeah and you I created do this, that pressure yes you I manufactured this, it exactly I do this on purpose um I want to obviously we're talking about doubt before I want to that that wasn't necessarily trying to garner the doubt but it was putting it out there so that I knew that so many people knew about it mm. that if I didn't get the job done, I was going to look bad. Yeah? yeah. Or at least in my head. Now there are plenty of people who would, let's say, see me quit at 70 miles and be like, Oh mate, don't worry about it. 70 miles. That's amazing. Mm. I could never do that. So many people could never do that. And you know, like there, there is some logic to that. But, but to you, it's to, most to importantly, it's, it's how you feel yeah, about how, how you I did. Feel. It's how I feel. So I announced it on social media and George came up. I said it to a bunch of other people as well that believe in me mm -hmm. and, and are close friends and everything like that. There are people that I run with who had seen me and said, oh, mate, you, you will be able to do it. So I've got the belief from people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was certainly a big driving force. I had yeah. people calling me as I was going around um, and I was saying, I can't do it. I can't. And I was and they were like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Keep pushing. Come on. And um, their words weren't affecting me. Mm -hmm. it had gone past the point of it had gone past the point of no return really where i was like nah i'm done i'm done yeah and their words just were not affecting me now subconsciously they may have been mm -hmm. but consciously i was like shut up you don't understand mm -hmm. what i'm dealing with right now yeah, yeah. but it, de it would have helped mm -hmm. it definitely would have helped but consciously i was like shut up you don't understand mm -hmm. and and the the worst version of me was coming out the worst version mm -hmm. that was like angry and um my, my anger was 
a reflection of, of the doubt that I had about myself and not being able to do it. And I was like, I'm not sometimes you need to tap into those emotions. You need to, you know, Ray Lewis, says, then he says, says, uh, be pissed off for greatness. Yeah, he does. Yeah, sometimes you've got to be says that, yeah. fucking pissed off at yourself. And I was yeah. mad. When I tell you guys, yeah, I was unsurprisingly, you can imagine people might cry during a hundred mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was trying to, like it hurt so much not physically physically I was broken absolutely mm. like there there genuinely comes a point where you're not meant to be there mm. yeah like when once you've run enough it doesn't really matter how much you train physically you're not meant to be there mm. yeah it's like no you you've gone past every barrier that that I tried to stop you yeah, that's what your body's saying to you yeah like you went through this well I, I tried to warn you at this point I got to mile 57 it was and I, my body was, um, I was shaking. It looked like I was kind of having a seizure, yeah, because mm. uh, what I, and I, I'm self-diagnosing here, but I think it was a sugar shock, yeah. I had mm. no sugar in my body at all and your body kind of, sh- it trembles, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. I was shaking everywhere. Um, and then that was mile 57. I was, I'd done another 43 after that, but right there, I took in a load Just of Just casually, fuel. 43 after that? Uh, yeah. Well, no, <laughs> Casual, I wish it was casual, man. Like, I got to mile 57 and felt all right, yeah? But the, the after the next, let's say, six or seven, which I was still plodding along through, I was in no man's land. Mm. I hit the wall big time. And this wall isn't just, it's not plasterboard. You can't just walk through it. You can't just go, like, oh, there's a wall there. Bang, get through it. It wasn't brick. It was like 10 layers of bricks. I can't and it, begin and it to lasted, imagine. Yeah. It, it, this, this wall lasted for about 15 miles, I would say. Um, and I was just, I, was, I felt tortured. And mm. I said to my, I remember having a, because I'm talking to myself a lot during it. Um, I talk to myself quite a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you guys do, but talking to myself a lot throughout. And I ended up saying, you have to be, nuts out of your goddamn mind i'm saying this to myself because i'm kind of warming up to the idea that i might actually do it yeah Yeah. what's that one quote we always like to share there's a certain delusional quality that every successful person has to have and and this was the first now i've had a lot of people say to me you're crazy for this this and this yeah and i'm like okay i'll take that but this time i thought oh my god i am crazy i might actually be nuts yeah Yeah. because everything Every alarm bell was ringing. It was flat. Honestly, I could create a visual for you in saying that everything was flashing red. Yeah, mm, I can imagine engine warning light pulsing. Yeah. Everything was pulsing super hard and and just warning me you're you're gonna really damage yourself. Yeah, mm. and um, so the miles between let's say sixty four. And I think it was 79 around that, yeah? It was 77, 79. So a 13 to 15 mile section, I was absolutely defeated. And mm. I was I was ignoring anything that anybody else said. Nearly crying. And the main reason why I was actually crying was not because of the physical pain. This is where I was going to go. It wasn't because mm. of the physical pain. It's because I wanted to quit so bad, but I couldn't. Mm. And I don't think, like, that's the first time that's ever happened to me. So you guys hearing that may never have experienced that before. Wanting to quit so bad, everything is telling you to, mm. to mash the ejector seat, yeah, and get out of there. And you're still going. And and I was nearly crying. And I say nearly, like most, I find it really hard to cry. That's the only reason why I did mm. it, yeah? Like, as in, the tear just wouldn't come out. Yeah. yeah. But I was like, all right then. 
I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it, yeah. And that's where you kind of get this this overwhelming sort of sensation and this shiver. Yeah, it mm. is a shiver where you're like, oh shit, I got, I have to do it. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and that's really, there's obviously, there's more to it in the sense of like, I could unpack that more. But by that point, I think I got to about eight, 79, 80, 81, something like that. And I was like, this is getting done. There's, mm. there's no two ways about it now. I'm too I've, close. I haven't come this far to only come this far. Exactly. Right? And you know what? Yeah, I would say that there's a strange point when it comes to anything that's extremely challenging. What I found it to be is the 60 to 70% mark. Yeah. Goggins has the 40% rule, mm. right? Where he says, so it's not really tied to that, but Goggins has the 40% thing. So I'm not trying to like grab his thing here and go with that. Goggins says most people are only using 40% of their ability. Mm. Yeah. Truly believe that. And, and there's a, there's a lot of re rhyme to that reason. But I think when it comes to the loading bar of what you're completing, a lot of people struggle at 60 to 70% mm. because the 60 to 70% is kind of like you're past halfway, you're past halfway, but there's still a long, way, still to a go. long way to go. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I think it's one of those, it, it, it is the summit, the false summit, let's mm. say where once you get over it, you then find, Oh, right. There's a lot more to this and there's a bigger, there's yeah. a higher peak. And it's that, and it's that mental hurdle. It is that the mental point. hurdle and that's where I'm saying that that 10 layer brick wall mm. it's kind of like you got to get through that and then you're like oh shit what can't I do mm. yeah so um, so yeah that 60-70% I think is an important figure to to be aware of is that most people are probably giving up at 60-70% of that loading bar obviously when you're loading a game up it will say you know it's got that bar yeah, yeah. all the way to 100% but when you're through that, you're going through that loading bar, 60 to 70% is where I think a lot of people mm. are like, there's, there's too far to go. Yeah. I, I know I've come far, but there's too far to go now. But you will find once you get past 70%, or let's just say it does push on a little bit more and you've got to go to 80, there's no coming back. Mm -mm. Once you're at 80, there is no coming back. You're like, well, I'm way too close now. I've been, like I said yeah. about the whole thing of complaining for two or three miles, at that point in... In, in, in obviously that run, I was complaining for 20. Mm. Yeah, I was complaining for 20 and um, complained my way all the way from, you know, let's say that 60 to 80 miles. And then after that, yeah, I didn't really stop complaining. But mm. I was like, at least I know I'm going to make it now. Because well, I've done 20 miles complaining, I could do another 20 miles complaining. Just sometimes shut, you just got to keep complaining it. your way through it yeah, you know, exactly. until you get it done. Exactly. And the, again, that's the, we're talking about honor here. We're talking mm. about like what you can do to, because I knew when I felt about quit, when I felt this, the feeling of quitting most, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, the pain of not completing what you it set out to way do more. is more painful. Bro, I said this to someone the other day, right? If I didn't complete it, so this is in this is at the end of June, right? I said, well, I'm not going to do it for a, a, at any point for the rest of 2023, and then I've got a, a couple of other big events at the beginning of 2024, like first quarter, well, first third actually. So I'm going to have to wait another year to try this, and the more time you leave 
the less likely you are the to less do it. likely you are to do it and the more doubt is going to build up in your mind so mm. i was almost it, it was almost like a, a pre- preempting mm. my this fear that I had now I completed that run and it is something I've never been more scared of anything in my life Mm -hmm. after I completed it yeah Mm. now I'm going to end up doing it again next year another 100 mile next year yeah and certainly bigger things as time goes on but at least I know I can do it now Mm. if I didn't do it the the fear would have been even greater yeah I might have had like a little bit of um I might have had to like get a little bit jumped up about the fact that I didn't complete it before. Now I'm coming back for revenge and redemption. Yeah, mm. there might be an element of that, but that's certainly you could use that to your advantage. Yes, maybe I'm not saying that I would have failed. It, but it's like it's, that, it's the fear of the unknown because you didn't yeah. go further. Yeah, you don't know what's out there. Exactly, and but because I, Jim Rohn said something like, "Oh, don't um, don't say." He said something like, don't say you're not going to work hard today because you'll work even harder tomorrow. Mm. He said, that's stupid. Yeah. Work hard today and work hard tomorrow. Exactly. And, and the, the, way that I, so the way that that ties in is sort of like, well, it, you might say, well, better luck next time to yourself. Mm. How about get it done now? Yeah. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself there is no next time. There is no next time. It's exactly. today. Like, you know, and, and some people listening to this might say, well, that's a very extreme mindset. This is why I don't agree with a bunch, like as, uh, people might say, this is why there's a bunch of things that I don't agree with what Goggin says or whatever, mm. you know, because he's a very extreme. I love, by the way, people, I would say, I love extreme people. I would say, um, take advantage of the fact that people are extreme because they mm. are a caricature of, they're a, extreme people are a caricature as long as you find the right one of what you want to be. Mm. Yeah. So like, why do we idolize people like Michael Jordan and Ronaldo and stuff? It's because we are attracted to greatness. Right. Exactly. Like all of you people here, you might say Goggins this or, or I can't think of many other examples that everybody might know, but you've got guys like Cam Haynes out there. Mm -hmm. um, Very extreme people. Yeah. You've got guys like Tate as well, who is a very extreme person Mm -hmm. and, and he's, quite marmite you either love him or you hate him um but let's not ignore the fact that he's extreme Mm -hmm. and he's a caricature of a bunch of ideas that you might have that suit who you are you just don't have to package it in the same way that he does Mm. and as you're saying about ronaldo you're saying about mj you're saying about messi and and whatever else these guys the reason why we love them is because they are so extreme so people Mm. i i love extreme people because it do you know what it is where i see it for me yeah i see it as they're not afraid they're not of, afraid you yeah. know people's uh, comments yeah. yeah they're courageous it's the characteristics that they mm. embody they say what they mean they mean what they say mm. you know they're not like well no actually no they say it as it is exactly you know Whether somebody you like, like Tate says it as it is yeah and look i know that some people don't like him yeah but the one thing you can't knock the guy on is he says what he means and he means what he says right. trump is another example exactly another extreme person i mean look you don't have to like him. It's not a question of whether you like him or, or you no. don't like him. It's the fact that he wins so strongly, so <laughs> bigly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and we're going to do so well. You know? <laughs> but this is the thing. He, he is somebody that people admire because a lot of people have the desire to do the same. 
but they can't bring themselves to do it. You know, maybe they want to speak as confidently as, as Andrew Tate or as, mm. as Donald Trump. You know, they want to say something that they believe in, but they're afraid of this whole cancel thing, a cancel culture of maybe being told off. Why did you say that? Mm. And so they, they admire how these people just say it. Do you, do, you know, do you know what I want to encourage and push right now to people? And maybe you've discussed this before, whether it be on TikTok or YouTube videos or whatever, is really learning to admire. So even in people that you don't like, learn it's a mature thing to not like somebody, but to admire something about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is where this is where you then you, you then develop yourself from being a fan into somebody who's actually using this constructive uh, the constructive points that people use and even though you don't like them taking in what it, the certain thing that you do like about mm -hmm. them you know like so like there are plenty of people that I don't like but I'm like I admire that about this person and, and I just think there are so many people who probably watch this um, and there will be way more people who aren't watching it who say oh no I don't like a single thing this person says why because I don't like him he's a dickhead mm. yeah that's not helpful. No. There are you don't so learn many, this way. Yeah, you don't learn this way. You, you actually learn a, mo a lot more from people. You tend to learn, as long as there's somebody with grit and integrity, even if it's not someone that you like, you learn a lot more from somebody who has, uh, who, that you, you can learn a lot more from somebody that you don't like mm -hmm. because they are so outspoken and they're so bold and clear on certain well, Exactly. Things. It's a sign of intelligence when you're able to pause, analyze somebody and reflect on their strengths and their mm. weaknesses. And, you know, Jim Rohn said it, don't be a follower. So take on board what you have to say. I've said this in videos before as well. You may disagree with a lot of what I say, which is perfectly fine with me, by the way. It's naive for me to expect yeah. that you will agree with everything I say. Now, you might agree with a lot of what I say, in which case, fantastic. You know, Matt is a good friend of mine because we agree on a lot, you know? And so... Of course, it's a nice feeling when somebody says, I like the way you think. And, you know, we share a lot of common uh, principles and stuff. That's fantastic. However, if somebody says, you know what, I disagree with you there. It's intelligent for you to also not be offended. You yes. know, it's, oh, OK, I wonder why. You know, mm. I like it when someone tells me, you know what, I want to challenge that perspective. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, out of interest. Why? Yeah. Because and I'm like, OK, because maybe I've <laughs> learned something to be a certain way but maybe there's data to prove me otherwise. Right. Yeah. You know, because a, a lot of what we know, we've taken on board from somebody else. And exactly. sometimes it's fabricated. Exactly. You know, sometimes we take on board even the cynicism and the skepticism of our parents, for example, when it comes to going out there and pursuing challenges and starting businesses. And so it's going to take some conscious effort to undo some of those characteristics. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we've spoken about this before. Being open-minded is a skill. Mm, yeah, it's yeah, a skill. It it's is. something you've got to train yourself to be. Yeah. You know, if you're somebody who's like, you know, for example, this is a bit of a sensitive topic, but some people may perceive Muslims to be violent people or right. Islam to be a violent religion. Certainly. And that's because like that, they've yeah. grown up in an environment that was misinformed yes. or uninformed. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you, you don't know anything mm. and you're afraid of what you don't know, right? And sometimes it's the fact that you've grown up hearing the wrong information. Yeah. And so it takes a really mature individual to sit down and be like, you know what? I'm open to feeling uncomfortable right now. Yes. You know, because it's not a nice feeling when somebody says, you're wrong. Yeah. And if they have a good reason, and sometimes people are just hostile and they'll just want to find disagreements with you when there's no actual good data behind that. 
And whatever the case may be, even if there is good data or there isn't, it's good to be polite in, when you have that conversation and to disagree in a gentleman-like manner. Right, you know, exactly. when it becomes violent or whatever, then then you're emotional, mm. you know. Then you you know you've lost. If mm. you have to resort to violence or to shout as loud as you can, yeah. then you've lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Let's handle it, handle it with class and dignity and go, if we if we don't agree on it, then, then we say, well, Then we agree to disagree. Yeah, and, and, you know? and then we still find other things that we, because you'll almost certainly find with most people that you'll agree on something. Yeah. You know, so just because you don't agree on this particular thing doesn't mean that it, it's not going to be on everything. And that's not necessarily to say oh, everybody's, you, you should, you know, proper spend time with everybody to find out what it is that you agree, mm. on, agree on. But as you were talking about, people align kind of more on morals and ethics and values and whatever else. And, um, and, but you'll find, and that's why we get on very well. But obviously, mm -hmm. there are things that we disagree with yeah, on yeah. each other, and and that's important. Like, I can I can say plenty of things that I disagree with a bunch of my friends about, mm -hmm. but we get on so well and get past it yeah. really easily. Um, like, I know we don't we don't agree on the dairy thing. Yeah, yeah we don't See, I, I drink dairy. You yeah. know, that's fine with me. I don't I don't have any dairy mm. in my diet because I'm. But you. No, I, I am in agreement with you about soy boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, hell no. No soy milk. No, no soy. And you know, coconut milk also contains a lot of soy. Does it? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll be off that. Then. Yeah, 100%, man. What, you know, when I found that out many yeah. years ago, I was like, oh, sugar. Yeah. You know, there's soy yeah. in coconut milk. You know, you know what I will say, though, yeah? I actually don't know how much merit there is to soy being as deadly oh, as has been said. Yeah. Not deadly, but obviously, but you know, like negative. Yeah. But it's like, to me, it doesn't really matter whether that's the truth or not. It's more like, I'm fine with that belief. Do you yeah. know what I associate soy with? It doesn't taste good with. anyway. So no, it tastes awful. It, it tastes, tastes of like uh, if someone took cardboard and blended it with water, yeah. you know, that, that's what it tastes like. And yeah. I don't know, for some reason, I just associate soy milk with estrogen. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, I don't exactly. know. Have you heard that that yeah. one McGregor voice note once? He was like, "Hey, estrogen head." You know, <laughs> he was mocking uh, that YouTuber. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just visualize. Well, I just think of estrogen. You know, yeah, yeah, that's and, what I do as well. And, and you know, there are actually scientific studies to show that you know, consuming a lot of soy products does promote. The growth of estrogen. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is why I don't have it. I don't even want to test it. You don't want to go near it, man. Yeah. I mean, guys, it's another topic that we need to address, and it's very important. You can't be a grown man with a pair of tits. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, look, oh, no. I I was somebody who allowed himself to deteriorate last year. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. get to a point, and man, I, and you I was, got one of the best transformations, though. Oh man, I mean, I, I'm proud of uh, what I accomplished in, in the short span of time. Yeah, that's honestly, crazy. I was going down a very slippery road. Mm. I allowed myself to get to 28% body fat, yeah. which looking back was absolutely unacceptable. How on earth did I allow myself? And it's what happens when you don't consciously take care of yourself, when you yeah. don't prepare, when you don't plan, you know, fail to plan, plan to fail. Yeah. You know, I wasn't actively monitoring my diet. I wasn't monitoring how many steps I was doing every single day. It got to a point where I was like, hang on a second, there's a lot to grab here. What's mm. going on? And it wasn't firm. It was sagging. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You need to do something about this. And, uh, you know, shout out to Sam. I uh, consulted an expert and uh, we sat down and we went through my diet and my workout routine. And it's actually crazy when you sit down and you monitor, you know, you, you know who Holton Bugs is, you know, a successful businessman. He once said that you can't grow what you don't measure. And <clears throat> it's very true when you don't actively keep track of the data. I mean, you have the smartwatch, so you're able to see what your 
sort of heart rhythm is and yeah. you know your resting heart rate and all sorts of stuff and so that data is important mm. and so it's the same thing when it comes to your nutrition your exercise routine i was guilty of going to the gym for many years just yeah cool you know this and this uh, I, I, feel did like, you. I yeah did tell and you he did tell me to be yeah. fair he did tell me and i think it got to a point where i posted on my story that i weighed 95 kilograms or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that and yeah. and you called me up on it. Yeah, I did. You yeah. replied to my story and you said something like, "This isn't good" or something like that. Yeah, I, I said it was something along the lines of, "Right, it's time to get rid of that." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> time to do something about it. He that. was like, oh, "You know what? This motherfucker's getting out of hand." Because right I've been seeing it now. Obviously, this is for for you guys to consider for people that you know as well. Yeah, because Ali Ali was posting pictures of him in the gym, and I was I was looking and I was like, "Oh man." He's going to the gym, but it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. It's not because, working. Because, like, well, for one reason or another, but it was obviously consulting somebody who's a professional, yeah. well-trained and, and versed in this type of stuff mm -hmm. that was able to get you out of it. But, you know, it, it was almost like Ali wasn't seeing it properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, of course, there was a good amount. There may well have been a good amount of muscle. Yeah. There, but I was like... Nah, this, you can't even you can't even see it now. You can't because, see it because you're, as you said, twenty eight percent body yeah. fat, which is way too much. Yeah? Too much. And um, and and guys, like on that note, when it comes to the amount of fat that you carry, it disturbs hormones and stuff as well. Oh, you know everything. What I mean? It's not it's not even just a case of how you look. And I think people are too lax on this. Yeah, mm. people are too chilled about it. It's not. I'm very serious about that stuff and I certainly am not a preacher who goes out. I, I don't like people who preach, so I don't do it myself mm. um, like the, the way that a lot of people do. But if somebody comes to me and they're like, oh, what can I do to improve or whatever? I'm very blunt about stuff like mm. this, yeah, because you are doing a lot more damage to yourself by, let's say, having a certain amount of fat on you than just looking bad yeah it's it's what it does it's going on on the inside as well what, yeah what's going on, on the inside and um and again as i said earlier on you're really a reflection and a representation mm. of how you treat yourself 100 you know so and it all starts with health be, it does and that, it that's all why starts I there real that's why mm -hmm. i was like right i'm gonna you know because you get some people out there who on for that i remember i've said this story to people before let's say two or three people not mm. like we've got out there broadcasting everywhere but and and they're like oh why would you say that yeah why would you say um, oh why'd you hurt his feelings yeah. yeah that might that might have offended him or whatever i said well first of all his mental health yeah <laughs> i said well first of all i know him and i know the way that he takes things and everything like that and second of all even if it does some people good. need that reality yeah good yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm the type of person who when someone says I'm doing something wrong or some, or they, they bring up something bad about me, I'm very self-conscious in a way where I'm like, I don't want people to feel like that about mm. me. So thank you for pointing it out. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go home and whilst I'm eating my, cooking my dinner, eating my dinner, watching the TV or whatever, getting into bed, waiting to go to sleep, I'm going to be thinking, damn, does everybody else realize that as well? Mm. And, and it comes gonna... from a place of love. It comes from a place of wanting to help yeah. this person. You so, know, there's that saying, right? Uncomfortable truths are better than comforting lies. Mm. I don't want people to, oh, yeah, you're doing great. You know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that motherly love which can often destroy you as a man. Oh, there yeah. comes a point where you need to look in the mirror and be like, this is unacceptable. Yeah. What's going on here? You know, and this is why fathers are so important in the household because yeah. the father offers that context. It yeah. offers that 
that reality, that that sort of uh, bitter truth. You know, you need to do something about it because this is unacceptable. You know, and sometimes your friends could act in this way for you. Mm. They could be like, hang on, man, you're, you're getting out of hand, bro. What's going on? I mean, it's a, it's a very feminine thing to want somebody to, to be perfect. lie to make you happy. Yeah. yeah. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies is that song. Yeah. And and that's not how that's not how we operate. Like we're we're very logical creatures and um and and we like to be told we despite how much it might hurt us and in the moment we might feel mm. like, Oh, that was a little stab right there. We in the end do something about it and we and we act. Yeah. We act on it when yeah. somebody so we need to be like this with people. Definitely. Oh one hundred because as a result and look, I knew I was getting out of hand, but, you know, Matt, you know, obviously bringing it up as well. And even my brother as well. He mentioned that, you know, come on, man, you're, you're getting out of hand here as well. Yeah. That pushed me to become better. And mm -hmm. as a result, I, I went through this fitness transformation. I lost almost like 17 kilograms in the span of like three months. That's crazy. And I dropped from 28% body fat to at my lowest I was about 10.2% body fat. That's crazy. And I remember obviously having conversations with you and I was like, man, I've, I feel different. Mm. You know, everything's changed. I feel enlightened. More energy. Energy, yeah. And I, my testosterone went higher as well mm. because obviously carrying extra fat lowers your testosterone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, men that are obese have low T, high estrogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I felt so much better. And I'm so grateful to have people around me that, you know, won't just feed me comforting lies you know people that will tell me hey come on man you gotta you gotta improve yourself this is unacceptable yeah and obviously i went through the work myself so y you have to do the work i mean it's no good for someone just to say come on man get it together and then you not to do anything with it there comes a point and jim Rohn talks about this actually there comes a point where you experience disgust you know <laughs> i was gonna say this yeah disgust yeah. but as he always says couple that disgust with action well, you know that story of the man who blew his car with a shotgun, destroyed yeah. every window, every tire, said, this is the last time I'm driving this piece of shit. And not only will I never drive it again, nobody, nobody else, else will drive it again. again. Yeah. You know, so it's getting to that point where you've hit rock bottom. And the good news is, if you hit rock bottom, there's no more else for you yeah. to go. You know, you, you're looking up now. If you can fall on your back, you can get up because you can look up, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, sometimes being a rock bottom is the perfect place to start. Well, you see, this is, this is an important point, actually. I thought about it earlier on. I, I tend not to advise people. On th There's plenty of things that I'm helpful for if somebody asks for advice, but I tend not to. I'm not a fan of advising people so much because you find that if somebody hasn't asked for it and they're not willing, mm. it, 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 they don't do anything with it anyway and you've just kind of wasted your breath. But to your point, I would say that the advice and information is one of the least important things, yeah? And it, it's like tertiary. Before that, you've got things that are... The first thing I would say for you to make significant change is disgust. Mm. And, and I like that you brought that up because for me, the thing that forced me to change was I was I looked at myself and I was like, you you suck. Mm. You suck, man. And, and there was and, and that was good. After that, it was the willingness to change. And then after mm. that, I needed the information. Mm -hmm. yeah? So you find and, and you guys might need to hear that as well, because a lot of people do become junkies for information and yeah. advice, right? And it's very, 
it's very good and it feels satisfying. It's almost like what Ali said earlier on about going and it, it has the same type of tickle the way that you might go to your friends and tell them that you're going to do something. It was and great. Yeah, because there's there's a good feeling that you get out of getting it. Yeah? yeah. Out of telling somebody, oh, I thought of this good idea. But it's also, and it's the same feeling that you get uh, from getting advice as well. Mm. You're like, oh, that's good. That's a nugget that I might use in the future. Mm. Yeah. But you will only use it when you are disgusted with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think like that is the breaking point for a lot of people. Oh, when yeah. You, when you look in the mirror. Now, there are people who should be disgusted with themselves that aren't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, you can't help those people. You can't help them. No, you know, if can't. someone doesn't see the fault that they are committing, yeah. if someone doesn't see the destruction they are causing, and you've tried yeah. you know, to make them see, you've put a mirror in front of them like, yo, you're destroying yourself, yeah. and they're not doing anything about it, then there's nothing you can do. And it's sad because uh, this person might be your sister, mm. might be your mom, might be a good friend of yours, and you almost have to watch the destruction unfold, yeah. and you feel helpless. That's it. Uh, and some people, they come to you for advice repeatedly and never do anything with it. Ask holes. Ask holes, yeah. yeah. See, that's do you what, think I should? And then you meet them six months later, nothing's changed. And, and they kind of ask the same question again mm. in a different way as well. But and, if I was to, it's like, well, yeah. you've had this conversation with me before. Yeah, right. You know, you get to, that's what happened to me, is I kind of like heard these conversations, heard people coming to me for all of these questions and situations. And then I was like, I've kind of got a free strike rule. Like if, if I tell somebody once, I'll give a good, like show a good level of care. Second time I'll be like, um, I'll be like, okay, this. And then the third time, I'll be like, nah, I already told you. Beat it, cocksucker. Get out of here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, like that, that's how it is for me now is I'm reluctant to do it because I realize that not a lot of people want to change. They just love the feeling of somebody caring. And a lot of people just like attention. Yeah. And obviously if we're talking about. That's what it is. Yeah. And if we're talking about like, you know, the, the topic that we were on earlier on about depression and whatever mm. else. Yeah. You've got to be able to filter out people who just want attention from it as well and um and there is no i haven't got any smart words for you how it's a gut instinct type of thing really um but well what i'd always say is try and help people if if they are coming to you with these things but But sometimes the best help you can offer somebody is not to help them yeah 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 you know we've spoken about this uh, plenty of times before and you've seen it unfold uh you know in real life uh, because you've known me for so long you know, my dad used to advise me on how to spend my money wisely. Mm. And there was a period in my entrepreneurial career early on in my 20s where I was doing well. I was making good money and I was just reckless financing yeah. this, financing that. And I was yeah. behind on my payments <clears throat> and I said, now nah, I'll take care of it because tomorrow more money's coming in. You know, I was almost arrogant. You know, I believed, yeah, of course, you know. And as a result, I destroyed myself. Yeah. Now, there were occasions where my dad was like, oh, I'll help you out in this instance. Yeah. Get it together, son. Yeah. You know, and he was obviously visibly very disappointed because he offered me that advice, but I, you know, ignored it basically. Yeah. And I kept on destroying myself. And then there came a point where he just stopped helping. Yeah. 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 yeah there yeah. came a point where he was like, you know what? Nah, well, yeah. it's your fault. There You're you a grown man. Yeah, live with it. And then I was like, yo, even my own dad, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause the culture that we come from, you know, it's, it's very, <laughs> very normal for the father to do absolutely everything to take care of you and yeah. even if you're a grown man who's made mistakes you can almost bet that your father will help you out but then there comes a point and this is something that i'll definitely do with my 
my children one day as well if they ever become reckless is is do what my dad did to me yeah, you know yeah, in yeah. fact i'll be more brutal than him because yeah you know uh, i want them to grow faster yeah. you know my dad bless him helped me out but then when he decided not to i grew as a man yeah. because i was like now i have to face these problems myself no one's coming well, to save me there you go i was that's what i was about to bring up is you know i had the same scenario with my mom she'd mm. helped me out with pretty much everything and then one day she was just there wasn't a specific like no i'm not helping you but there was like a i feel like i can't ask her anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um and, like uh -oh. i pissed her off so much that i can't and uh, that she's so disappointed. Yeah, exactly. The shame. She's so disappointed in me now that I can't. And I just got to handle this. And then that's where I had that realization as well um, that nobody's coming to save me. And that was that's one of the greatest revelations that you can have. And um, and I'm sure a lot of people have had that on here. And I'm sure you'll have had Ali say that a lot as well. Um, that's the day you turn from a boy to a man. That's what it is. That is it. Like when it's, you it's the whole become... burden of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm responsible for me. Mm. You know, your parents, God bless them, they helped you up until you up up, up until the point where you were an adult. Yeah. And then from there, they're really not responsible for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the fact that they're there, the comfort zone of your parents destroys you. And that's why Jordan Peterson talks about in his book, uh, 12 Rules for Life of leaving your hometown and, you know, venturing out because you're not a, a real man until you can leave the nest. Right. Yeah, until exactly. you can go. And, and another one of his rules is live as, it, live as if your father was dead, um, uh -huh. you know, free of your father's sort of support yeah. and uh, sometimes of his expectations. You know, you've got to go out there and become your own man. Yeah. Um, and so, absolutely, sometimes the, you know, the lessons that you learn from having no, no one help you. In fact, I, I was watching a podcast recently of, of this guy talking about uh, lending people money. And he talked about his frustration in the past of lending people money and expecting that money to come back. And he said, well, it's never worked. No. And, uh, and he said, well, listen, I'm successful. And of course, if my closest family members are in deep trouble, I may offer some assistance but it will come from a place of me not expecting any anything in return. Yeah. I'm giving you this money. Don't call me. Don't worry about paying oh, me I back. I heard that as well. Yeah. I can't remember who's that. I it. think it was, um, who's the Shark Tank guy? Uh, it's one, I think it was yeah. the Shark Tank uh, guy, actually. I, oh, no, Mr. I Mr. Fink, what do they call him? Mr. The main guy in America. I can't remember, man. I can't, the, the name's, uh, I've lost it, yeah. yeah. But he said, uh, you know, I'll give the money, but I don't want you to think about paying me back. I'm consider I've considered this a done deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't want you to ever call me again mm. asking for money. Mm. You know? And he only does that with people that are very close to him, of right, course. Right, you right. know, not people that went to high school with him and stuff like yeah. that. Um and you know, I've learned that lesson as well in the past, you know. Uh, there was a, an instance once that this guy, you know, that I knew that I used to work with, uh, he gave me a, a sob story and everything. And I, I later learned that it was, it was a fabricated story. Yeah. But at the time, out of the kindness of my heart, I was like, yeah, and I, I lent him about uh, 1,200 pounds. In fact, I remember. Um, That's a lot to just lend to somebody. Yeah, it, exactly. You know? I don't know how, it, I mean, I must have felt really generous that day. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll help you out. But that, that was a, a lesson for me because what happened after was he blocked me blocked me on everything and i remember feeling so stupid after that yeah. but then also it's almost like i was grateful that i learned this lesson early well that's the thing it's a 1200 pound lesson in that sense yep. of of like 
that's not going to cost you that much in the future. In the long run, no. You know what I mean? Like, if you, even if you spread that out over months, it's £100 a month or whatever, right? Do you exactly, know what I mean? like, yeah. In, in the grand scheme of things, it's that, not that much. The, and, and I like perspective, mm. you know? Like, that's... Um, that's what, that's an important part of maturity as well is understanding that it's not as bad as thing every not everything is as bad as it seems. Well, it's like that saying: life happens for you, not to yeah, you, yeah, yeah. right? It's one. like you know things happen to to guide you. Yeah. Things happen to move you to a, a better direction. Mm. And sometimes in the moment when you're really frustrated, you can't see the wisdom behind it, and no. you need time to gain that perspective, yeah. to connect the dots, and be like. You know what? That one time, ah, oh, okay, that had to happen so that I did this, and and then you start connecting the dots, and and that's when you look back and you're like, yeah, I get it now. Yeah. It all makes sense. Exactly. Uh, but in the moment, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. You know, yeah. the frustration's really visible. Um, and so, look, uh, that's just life for you. You know, you're, you're going to go through experiences like that. But you know, sometimes as much as you want to be smart and learn from other people's mistakes you're just gonna have to make your own you are and um that's i know just i I used this statement earlier on i think is a really important message as well is to be your own hero Mm. like i remember i think it was the beginning of 2022 i don't really set new year's resolutions but it's kind of like something that for whatever reason at that time i just decided oh yeah do this Mm. one of them was not to complain Mm -hmm. which is certainly hard to like fully live by but i do a pretty good job at it mm-hmm. um, and i'm not typically a complainer anyway but it's kind of like anytime i do no remember don't do that because complaining really is negative it's, roi yeah exactly it's expensive mm. do you know what i mean like stuff like that i find expensive these are expensive things to do um but the other one was be your own hero like and it was more like a drilling it into myself kind of thing so that's why I went out and done all the stuff that I do and that's why I decided I'm going to do this stuff so I can count on myself and because you're, you're kind of looking for somebody to come and save you for a long time and then instead mm. of instead of even thinking of it as literally just um, nobody's coming to save me how about you be your own hero I like that yeah, yeah. like save the, yourself yeah save yourself like it's 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 an enhancement to that to that term Nobody's coming to save you. It's to save you. It's an enhancement. Mm-hmm. Be your own hero, yeah. To the point where again, you, you're not looking for these outside sources and these, let's say, superstars that are out there and go and, and just just go into games to watch these guys because you're so inspired by it. I, I, I kind of get it. I, I like, I like a little bit of it where where I draw a bit of inspiration from someone. But I'm not going to be a fanatic about something. Oh, a else. hooligan, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny enough you mentioned that actually, because I have a strong stance against people that are extremely emotional oh, yeah. when it comes to watching their, yeah. their sports team play. Yeah. Um, there's oh, one thing being passionate. Yeah. There's one thing being passionate and, and, and wanting to win and wanting your team to win. But then there's being overly emotional about something that you're not benefiting from. It's a bit gay. It is, yeah. I mean, you're like, <laughs> pass it! You know, and you're like, uh, he should have done... And, and what's bad is that, you know, I've seen grown men, and I think there was a, there were occasions where you were on the train with me heading back from London. You, you see guys having arguments on the train. In fact, I saw one guy once punch another dude. And these are grown men with probably families, you know, yeah. probably, uh, you know, decent jobs and everything. And there they are fighting. Because some millionaire didn't do what they 
expected him to man. do. Yeah, <laughs> another man. And I've never understood the whole wearing a shirt no. with another man's name on no, it behind your back. You know, no. you no. should be. In fact, I've, I've always wondered what women thought of this. Yeah. You know, when they see their man with like Beckham, you know, on his back, it's like, well, <laughs> I, I, I get, I get why. Listen, no. uh, you know, don't get offended, right? Yeah. This is this is a podcast, and you know, we're, we're going to yeah. joke around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like I've always had the, the number. I mean, to be fair, there was one one occasion where I had Ronaldo on the back of my shirt, but then after a while, I was like, I feel kind of dirty, man. It's like what, I'm, what? I should be the one that, you know, like I, I should be proud of being my own superstar. Yeah, your own name on the back. My own name That's on like the back. When, when motherfuckers go to like JJ, JJ, is that name even around still? JJB Sport. <laughs> 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 JJB yeah, is it JD that? or is no, it you, got J, you don't remember JJB JJB yeah JJB Sports yeah 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 well it's like a shop yeah you don't remember that JJB you see one at that retail park oh, I don't remember now no way not JJB but anyway you used to have to go there, go there and make your own football yeah, yeah. shirt yeah. yeah obviously there are plenty of places that you can do that that's just what I remember I don't know why that name came to my head <laughs> but like an extinct store extinct <laughs> <laughs> But that was, that was yeah. all around the country as well, yeah. JJB. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, sh- shout out to the motherfuckers that are putting their own name on the back. Yeah, of the exactly, man. <laughs> you know the I mean? thing is, it's like, you know, you know become your Sam- own. Samson on the back. Yeah, Samson, you know, Mark, you know. In fact, I don't think I've, I know of a footballer called just Mark, you yeah. know. Um, it probably is in the Premier League somewhere with the first name Mark but uh, yeah you know shout out to all the Marks shout out to all the Marks you know (laughs) I know two good Marks (laughs) Mark is a good name you know for a good man you know you can count on a Mark Mark, Mark's a biblical name isn't it Uh, probably it sounds like a biblical name yeah it is or is it Mark Um, in fact speaking of of names there are names now in fact I was actually going to mention this earlier (laughs) because it came it came to my mind Cornelius is a solid name one of my boys is called Cornelius, but he doesn't like to be called it. I don't know why. I'd be repping that it's name. It's a sick name. Cornelius sounds like a, a Roman emperor. I'm pretty sure it was. Cornelius the third, you know? Con, listen, man, you got to embrace your name. Yeah. Cornelius, come on, Cornelius man. That's a solid name. Cornelius is one of the most gangster names I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Better than Darren, you know? I'm joking. <laughs> Shout out to all the Darrens. We still appreciate you. But, uh... You know, that's a name that has some some power, <clears throat> you know, some power to it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And yeah. uh, to be fair, there are names that are Caesar. that are going extinct. Yeah, yeah, like Keith. Keith, yeah, Keith. Uh, in fact, Darren, I believe, no, is Darren, probably well, dying I, off. I reckon we'll get a bunch more Darren still. I don't like. I feel like Darren is an older bloke. It is All right, it Darren. Is. You know, like, I, I just don't see a baby Keith. being called Darren. Yeah, no, yeah, I know that's kind of weird. Ian. Yeah. Ian, yeah, yeah. Ian. Um, um, Roger, do we say Roger? <laughs> Roger, maybe, yeah, Roger's a Rogers. solid, you know what I'm saying? There ain't going to be many Rogers left, is there? Landscaper Roger, you can count on him, you know? Um, <laughs> Roger, um, you've got... Oh, man, there's... What else have you got? I think the most popular names are Harry, George, those kind of names. Harry, um, George, Jack, I know James. in the UK, Mohammed, which rubs off some people the wrong way. <laughs> you know, our country, the, you know? the most popular name in the world, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um... But yeah, there are some names that are just, uh, you know, withering away. My name ain't going anywhere. Matthew. Yeah. Matthew, it, it will last the test of time, I think. It will. It will. It you is. know, and... Uh, it's biblical. Strong. It's a solid name Strongly. with some stories behind it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, one of uh, my favourite... One of my favourite... Um, I'm not even into the Bible, to be fair, with Christianity, but um, one of my favourite verses ever is Matthew 13, 12. Mm. Yeah? And it says something along the lines of... To he who has will be given more, yeah? Mm. And to he who does not have 
what he does have will be taken away. Mm. And I think that that is one of the most powerful things. And it's really a mindset. If I, if I can attribute it to anything, it's a mindset. It's a, it's a level of gratitude and, and um, yeah, just understanding what you do have. Mm. And when you do, you will... Gratitude is such a is such an important thing. Even in the Quran, it talks about you know God says that if you are grateful, I will give you more. And um, and and you know obviously Jim Rohn talks a lot about how success is looking for a good place to stay. And and what he means by that is the characteristics of a successful person. Do you embody those characteristics? Because if you're somebody who's resentful throughout the process, Mm -hmm. you know I was saying this on a coaching call earlier. You know I was speaking to a guy who's working hard to build a business and. I told him, make sure that you are enthusiastic, you're optimistic, you expect to win, you aim to deliver the best possible service that you can, and that you're not attached to the outcome. When you do things like that, you are attracting success to you. Yeah. If you're like, oh, God, do this again, you know, that resentful energy will guarantee that you don't become successful. Yeah. If I was showing up on YouTube, like, oh, why do I have to speak to you guys again? Mm. That kind of energy of I don't want to be here, it's like, you know, when people say, oh, but I only have two people watching my videos. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, hang on a second, buddy. Two people are watching your videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be grateful, man. Yeah. Because if you're like, oh, it's only you. Imagine you were on a live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's only you two on here. You know, I, I can guarantee they'll probably click off. Yeah, I don't want to be here. Only you two. Oh, yeah. I'll see you then. Yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. It's like, you know, it, it makes people feel like they're not wanted, yeah. you know? And when people don't feel wanted, they, they just run away. It's weird, man. Like, there are... There are all of these laws that that have so much strength to them and, and like that you just can't deny. Mm. Even though people will attribute it to let's say like something that's quite mystic and mm. um and and of another plane, another mm. realm in a sense, where like, yeah, but because it's not physical, it's not real. Nah man, like there are some things that you actually have to that you actually have to think about for it to start to manifest and i'm not talking i don't want to go into the whole topic of like um law of attraction or anything but there are loads of laws that like that that you have to abide by otherwise it just won't come laws such as what you just said like Mm. respecting what you do have and Mm. appreciating it like uh, like i said in that verse matthew 13 12 Mm. I don't know why. I don't understand why, but it's not. Imp- Some things aren't important to understand why. It's just that you have to do it. One hundred percent. I mean, uh, you know, a wise man once said, "When you feel good, you do good." Right. You know, and and, and a clear example of, of of what you just mentioned as well is how stress is something we can't see. Mm, you know, exactly. stress is an emotion mm. that kills. Yeah. Stress is one of the biggest killers in the world. Yeah. It, it changes is. your whole body chemistry, how you feel, yeah. your composition. And it also affects what you do as well. Yeah, if you're does. stressed out and you tell yourself that you're depressed and this and this, and you start going down a dark road yeah. and you start self-sabotaging, you mm. start causing problems for yourself. Yeah. Whereas when you say, you know what, now nah, I'm going to win. I expect to win. I've got all the qualities, all the attributes. You know, of course they're going to do business with me. Of yeah. course they're going to watch my videos. I'm yeah. the guy. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't come from a place of arrogance or tearing other people's buildings down to make yours stand the tallest. It comes from a place of, you know what? I want the very best for myself. Yeah. So I'm going to do everything in my power to support me. Yeah, yeah. I've got me for the rest of my life. By hook or by crook. That's the way I see it. Exactly. You know I mean? like, come hell or high water. Hell or high water. You know what I'm you saying? You're going to have a problem trying to stop me. 
I mean, I'm going to have to die, yeah, you know, for me to, to not continue anymore. Yeah. It's that sort of mindset. It's like, I believe in this. We get one shot and, you know, Jim Rohn used to say that life is both short and long. You know, it's short in the grand scheme of things, yeah. you know, 80, 90 years. It's not a long time in the grand scheme of the universe. But when you're in it, every day is pretty long, you know, and it can drag on. It, it can, can drag on. Long. Exactly. And so, you know, be present in the process. And I think one thing that to touch on that's very important is as you are building yourself, don't forget to enjoy the small things of life, yeah. such as the walk around the park. You know, having a chat with your parents, catching up with them, seeing how they're doing, because they they're aging as you're aging. Yeah. You know, you're you're seeing basically the the slow demise of of your parents. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're young, you saw them as these vibrant young adults who had the energy and they were able to run with you and do all sorts of stuff. And then, as you become an older man, you realize that they're coming towards the the last chapter, and and so you change. And I think one one person put it on a podcast very well. He said that if you only see your parents twice a year. You know, and let's say they're 70 years old and let's say the average person dies at 80, let's just say. Mm -hmm. I mean, two times 10, you have 20 more times to spend with your parents before they pass away. It's almost like every time you see them, they've noticeably aged as well. Exactly. And whereas if you see them more regularly that you don't notice that you don't notice that. Yeah, you're you're growing with them in a sense like, or you're aging with them. So there's not much to noticeably see exactly and i think you know we, we put so much stress on ourselves because we want everything to be perfect right now but we need to find the beauty in the process of figuring things out you know when when you're a, a new parent and you're like yo how are we, we going to take care of this baby you know like i'm a new dad i don't know what i'm doing enjoy that enjoy yeah. not knowing all the answers yeah, yeah yeah you know enjoy understanding your partner more as the years go on mm. you know I've spoken to old couples who've said that, you know, I'm still learning about my partner now and we're sure, 70. For sure. You know, and I'm always fascinated by that. Hey, do you know, do you know, like, that, that just springs a thought to my mind. We're always meant to be learning ourselves. Mm. That's hard enough as it is, let alone someone else. Another human. Another, a whole other human that's lived the whole life before you met them. And see, this is the thing. <clears throat> we live in a time now where people are fundamentally lazy. Yeah. You know, they don't want to learn about somebody else. They yeah. expect that person to be perfect straight away. You're supposed to be right for me. And people throw around phrases such as compatibility. Right. Oh, you've got to be compatible. Right. You know, and people rush to say we're not compatible when, in fact, you're just new to each other. Yeah. You know, like if I met you today for the first time, I'll be, I'll be trying to figure you out. Like, Who's this do, guy? You know? you know, like speaking of compatibility, a really good if we can try and be compatible on one thing, mm. it should be willingness to accept different beliefs. Yeah. Mm. Because you are going to get so much further with this person. <clears throat> You're going to get so much further with this person. If you can just accept that they're different and there might be some things that really do cross the line, but that's where you can't be sensitive. If, if it's not something that really crosses the line, then it's something that, you should just aim not to be sensitive about or hope yep. the other person isn't sensitive about. Because as long as you can do that, you can really you can really make something happen. And I think that's the if you're talking about compatibility, it's not do we like the same music? Do we yeah. like to go and do the same things? You know, on a scale of one to ten, do we are we rated the same or anything like that? Mm. Yeah. Um it should be can I get over certain things that I don't like about them. 
Yeah, if exactly. If you're compatible on that, I don't like a few things about you. You don't like a few things about me. Can we I mean, navigate our way around exactly. this in the most loving way? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's what it is. That's that's the main thing to be main thing, or maybe the only thing that we should be that should, yeah. we should aim to be compatible. On. Going back to what you said about movies and how they've messed us up. Yeah, this yeah. is another way that movies have messed us up. Yeah, they've given us this distorted perception of what love really is. Mm. You know, we fall in love with the fantasy of this perfect person. Mm. You know, this individual who just gets us straight away, who never makes us upset. But in reality, you know, life is long. And as I said earlier about there will be moments where, you know, you will go through severe trauma and you, you want to make sure that the person that's right beside you is somebody that's able to provide you with comfort during those times. And so, you know, the person that you're with is somebody that you learn more about as time goes on. And there's a beautiful quote, which I think I've shared with you on a FaceTime recently. Compatibility is an achievement of love, not something mm. that you need from the beginning. Yeah. You know, and uh, I like that, that. That, that was like, whoa, that was like a light bulb moment for me. Yeah, no, that's wicked. And, um, and along those same sorts of, same sort of lines is understanding no i don't want to be i don't want to say the corny thing of like let's say this isn't my main point um about us not being perfect ourselves mm. yeah but more so like just let, let's again enhance that or amplify that to a different level where you're saying i'm a pain in the ass mm. yeah but somebody's gonna love me still mm -hmm. yeah because everybody's really a pain in the ass in their own way. I mean, yeah, we're I'm all messed up. I'm, I'm, fu I'm fussy when it comes to certain foods and whatever, um, like as, as far as dairy is concerned, let's say, I'll eat pretty much anything as long as it's not got that in it, mm -hmm. yeah? But to some people, that's very difficult, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then there are certain ways that I am to do with like the things that I must get done in a day. Mm -hmm. Oh, but and then someone will say to me, oh, but you are, oh, can you not just leave it or whatever? Uh, no, can't leave it. Mm. Oh, and they might be like oh that's annoying I don't mm. care mate I've mm. got to do it and I know in so many ways I can be a pain in the ass yeah mm. and that's something that I think all of us need to recognise and, and again that will make your journey easier as well because then you can go into things knowing that I'm a pain in the ass and this is this this and this is why and somebody knows what they're getting into that way as well yeah. I'm not saying to I'm not saying to reveal all of your cards and be like super like overly honest or anything like that. In mm. this, I'm, yes, be honest, but not like overly honest to the point where you scare people off. But like, mm. oh no, you know, being clear on I don't do this, I don't do that, don't like that or whatever. And and just sort of being like, but I, I know because of that, it makes me difficult. Mm. Yeah. And mm. then you will find that other people will start to open up and and what is the thing? As well. I mean, uh, you know, you meet somebody that you're interested in and, and you both make it clear. Listen, I'm fucked up. You know, you're probably fucked up in a sense as well. Yeah. Let's just keep it real. But you know what? I'm willing to work on the things that may upset you, you know, in the same way that I, I hope you would work on the things that upset me. Mm. You know, we're negotiating boundaries here. Now, the way I see it is core values are things not to be negotiated. No, yeah. Because a lot of people today, get into relationships having never had that discussion about the core values and then later on end up splitting apart or divorcing when that could have been prevented if they would have had that conversation straight away. For example, it could be, do we believe in God? Do, you, do we want kids? Do we believe in marriage? Right. Yeah. You know, the conversations that should have been had earlier, some people don't have, yeah. you know, until later on. Yeah. And that's when it causes a problem. Um, but once we've taken care of the core values, Everything else, the, the music, taste, the... It's more uh, trivial. It's trivial things that people split too soon because of when they could have just 
come to an agreement in a loving way. I mean, look, as a guy, there's certain things that women do that we don't enjoy, right? And and there are certain things that we do as guys that women don't enjoy. But sometimes you're going to have to compromise. Sometimes you're going to have to be like, you know, honey, I'll come with you. And, and, and not to throw a fit when you do it as well, because... Mm -hmm. That takes away from the fun yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Go, oh, do I have to? Because mm -hmm. oh. then she's going to feel like your mother, mm -hmm. like you're a kid throwing a tantrum. You don't want to be there. It's like kids getting ready for school. Yeah. They throw a tantrum and the mum's like, come on, Dylan, you know, and the mood is ruined. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because of your desire to make it work, sometimes you just got to be like, you know what, honey, I know how much you love this, this, you know, music band or whatever. I'm willing to come with you. Let's have a great time. Mm -hmm. You know, even though at the back of your mind, you're like, I don't really want to go there, you yeah. know, but she's, she's my woman and I love her and I care about her. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make her happy. Now, if, if all you do is activities that she wants, if all you do is go to the places that she wants to go to and you never basically do the things that you want to do, she's going to be like, well, hang on a second. Surely there's mm -hmm. certain things that you want to do as well. And I don't, I don't mind, you yeah. know, coming with you. And it comes to a point where if you don't stand up for yourself, and when I mean stand up, I don't mean, you know, uh, holding your guard up and, you know, trying to dodge punches. Hopefully you're not in a relationship like that. Mm -hmm. But as in, no, honey, I, I want to go here this week because I've spoken to my boys about it. Or, or maybe it's like, you know, this group is coming here for the first time and I really want to go. And, and let's say before that, prior to that, you've been to a lot of places that she's gone to. Hopefully there can be a compromise from her side where mm -hmm. she's like, you know what? Yeah, he has actually come with me to a lot of the places that I like to go to. And, you know, it's unfair of me not to join him on in this one instance. And I think most guys are fairly reasonable. Now, if, if what you expect is for her to, to always abide by what you want and mm. for you to never make compromise, that's unfair. You yeah, know, yeah. You, you've got to be reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think if you're talking about guys who always do what a girl wants um, and, and doesn't do anything that they want, that the guy wants, um, that is for lack of a better word right now quite disgusting mm -hmm. to women as well because mm -hmm. they 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 just they think this guy's got nothing else better to do you know what i mean and yeah. um, and 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 you're not going to get very far with that in the end because women for whatever not for whatever reason i think it's quite an obvious reason to be fair but are very attracted to um guys who are sure of themselves who have a lot going on and um and aren't necessarily available all the time mm -hmm. uh, I mean at the end of the day if you're available all the time you get used to each other so quick and you you end up like the longing yeah, goes you, away the longing goes away you end up vacuuming in all that that air of mystery mm -hmm. that that should remain that's necessary to maintain yeah. that sexual tension yeah, which exactly. it all boils but back down to you know it all goes back to biology yeah. you know if you're always there yeah the longing, the mystery goes away. And, you know, we yeah. often fantasize about a person when they're not there, you know, women yeah. more so than men. Yeah. And look, when we say, you know, don't be there all the time, it's one of those things that you shouldn't fake. Genuinely be busy. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't fake it. Like, get good at being active with the things Having your you own doing. life. Yeah, having your own life. You yeah, know, because like a woman isn't there to, to complete you. Well, I mean, this is, this is actually a good point, really, because... I think a lot of people don't allow themselves to figure out who they are because they're constantly jumping from one relationship to another or have been in a relationship for a long time by themselves, uh, not by themselves, but mm -hmm. like with just with this one person mm -hmm. and haven't figured out who they are and don't really have their own life. And I just feel like I grew the most when I had time by myself. Yeah. yeah? 
And I'm actually almost scared of this because I'm actually addicted to being by myself mm -hmm. because I love that sort of the, the ability to grow mm -hmm. much easier when there's nobody saying anything. Now, not necessarily in a negative sense, but I mean, even in a very positive way, women, uh, you could spend a lot of time around women who make everything comfortable and mm -hmm. make you want to be around them. Yeah, that comforting motherly exactly. energy almost. Which is positive. Yeah. yeah. It's not a negative energy, but it's like, it's restrictive still. Mm -hmm. And I've become really obsessed with, and again, I actually think it's a negative thing, being around, being by myself mm -hmm. because of how much things move. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, that's a, that's an extreme, uh, a more extreme version of, like being by yourself and taking advantage of the opportunities that you do have by yourself to learn who you are and become and, and develop your own life and become more attractive mm -hmm. to somebody that you're going to, you know, speak to. And, and Absolutely. Invite uh, into that life. 100%. I think once again, it, it's, it's, you know, you got to get into a relationship once you're content with who you are, you know, you're satisfied with how things are going in your own life. And then a woman can accompany you on your journey yeah. to, to, you know, because Jim Rohn used to say it best. He said, I'll take care of me for you as long as you take care of you for me. Right. You know, we're coming in to the relationship That's to it. give, to share as much as we can. You know, it's not a case of uh, me coming to take, take, take. I'm coming into this relationship to offer some of the value mm -hmm. um, that I believe I have. And hopefully you can offer value from your side as well that you have. Yeah. And, uh, and together we can thrive in the relationship as well. So absolutely, I, I believe in that. And, you know, get into a relationship when you're ready. If you're not ready, you know, don't rush into it. And look, it's never going to be perfect. You know, life is chaotic in nature. Things will go wrong at the worst possible time. However, you know, you've got to be open to the possibility of having a successful relationship. You know, if you're cynical because of a past experience, you'll continue to self-sabotage. You know, learn from the past, but don't live there. Mm. You know, and so, look, human beings, we crave companionship. We're creatures that, you know, appreciate being taken care of and uh, men appreciate being respected and, you know, being, uh, we spoke about the whole thing of being useful. You know, yeah. we want to feel useful to our partners and, you know, that, that's something that, you know, you've got to be open to getting into a relationship when the time is right. Um, but of course, up until that point, continue to take care of yourself. Don't neglect yourself. And, you know, when it, when the time is right, the time is right, mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I mean, we could get into so many different topics here. And I think, you know, we, yeah. we should definitely organize a, a second follow-up podcast because there's oh, yeah. so many juicy oh, bits yeah. of information that we are yet to share. But Well, things can get more specific, can't they, really? Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, we've had, we've had a good long chat. And this is typically how things go when we have oh, a conversation yeah. um, on the phone and stuff. And obviously, now that I'm back down here, it's going to be a bunch of that in person as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, which I'm looking forward to. And yeah, I'm just, just thinking like how well this is going to do. I, I see, obviously it's an amazing setup that you've got in here. And, um, and no doubt there are a lot of people that follow you that are very interesting people that will probably jump in this seat at some point and get, and take, help take this to another level. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate and, that, um, man. And yeah, man, like it's, it's amazing to see everything at this part of the journey as well and shout out to all of your guys who who tune in 
and soak up all of the knowledge. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you're one of the one of the sharpest, most well-spoken people out there. And, and I know I, I see a lot of the comments, and I see that a lot of these people are. Um, you know, like say you're the, I can't, I don't really listen to anyone else. And they're like, I listen to you and, and for good reason. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there, there are a lot of people, certainly some YouTubers that I like, but um, you're easily one of the ones that are competing with those types of mm. people. So it's only a matter of time until you're blowing up and um, obviously it's physic bubbling basically at the moment yeah yeah we're, we're getting we're getting warmed we like up yeah you know, the kettle's not not yet at the boiling that's, point but that's we're getting it. that's there. what we like to see and this is that's i like the attitude like that because it's if you if you're saying right now oh, this is the explosion then mm. no nah, you like you ain't seen nothing yet it's gonna be oh yeah it's really guys just the beginning of everything absolutely and, uh, and, it's, and it's great to see and I'm enjoying the process and, you know, I really appreciate you for joining me here today. And you know, this, this podcast was, you know, something that uh, I had a great time filming, uh, you know, two friends catching up, having a great conversation. And, you know, we, we've spoken about this so many times. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's so much for us to to share with people that could that could really help them out. And uh, and I'm sure we've shared a lot today that has provided you guys with a lot of value. So let us know what you think down below. You know, what stood out to you from today's podcast? We covered so many different topics and we could carry on for days, really. Do, do, you, know, do you know what I want these guys to tell us? What names are going extinct? Uh, what names? What <laughs> names are no longer being named? You know what, <laughs> what names are disappearing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When is when will the last Roger die? Yeah, when, yeah. it'll be a sad day once the last Roger goes. I mean, who am I going to call when I need something done? You know, I'm saying in the house, but um, you know, yeah, yeah. But let us know. Let us know. Comment down below, guys. Uh, I've already enjoyed my time, yeah, Matt. Man. Thank you for coming down, good well, sir, fellow good sir. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely repeat this another time. Yeah, you're a good man. You're a better man than I'll ever be. No, that's not possible. Oh man, you're that's you're a good possible. man. You're a good sir. Listen, we're going to have to disagree to agree. Right? Well, we're going to have to. I mean, uh, we've come to a respectful disagreement. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> disagreement. You know what I'm saying? But I disagree. I disagree. Oh, I disagree. You're the best man I've ever seen. And if I hadn't ever seen a good man before, I would know that you are the good <sighs> Well, if man. I can come close to being how great you are, then I'll be a happy man. <laughs> so thank you very much, sir. Love Ladies that, and man. gentlemen, like, Peace. comment, subscribe. See you in the next one.